to have you here on this Monday. I am Kevin Thomas. He is Ben Troop. Thanks for making us a part of your day. SEC Media Days, the ACC kickoff. It's all said and done. Finuto. And we can move on, right, to the start of the college football season, which is just, we can now say, weeks uh, away because we're going to have some games coming up in the uh, the latter part of August, Ben. And now that Media Days are over, the countdown is on, right? Practices for some teams will start back as early as next week to play in those week zero games, and then everybody else will jump right back in uh, after it. So you go to Media Days, you give your talk, your TED talk, as uh, the kids like to say, and you get ready to play. And that's where it all get decided on the field. I know the uh, the media vote came out, and people are quick to point out, well, you know, the media gets it wrong all the time. Like uh, I think Christian said, the last time the SEC media actually picked the conference championship game or championship correctly it was, what, like five, six years ago? Nine times. So nine since ninety two. So basically, you're saying we suck at our jobs of predicting no, that, no, that, who no, will that, play. No, that basically means I'm not getting nobody a three piece suit. We're not going to Vegas. You're not sitting in front of me. No, no, I just want to say this though. For, uh, Christian wasn't here though. But Christian, if you want to know, if you want to know why I'm taking Kevin to Vegas, when we, we say who's gonna win the home run derby, Kevin said Juan Soto. Book it. Deal with it. We're going but to I would Vegas. say. <laughs> <laughs> But no, I, I, so you said Bama has been projected 12 years in a row to win it by the media? Yeah, Captain Obvious. Even Obvious, with that, Cap, I, th- I feel like yeah, yeah, hey, Cap, Captain Obvious did that. Captain Obvious, <laughs> yeah, Captain Obvious came out and said, I'm going to go with Bama. You think? That's okay, even if I'm wrong, I, I, <laughs> like, if I was wrong at the end of the year, I'd be like, you know, I still would have done it again. Yeah, it's yeah. fine. But uh, So we'll get to that coming up, recapping uh, the week that was there in Atlanta and uh, looking at the SEC as they get ready to uh, actually, you know, play games on the field where it uh, it matters. So, uh, Ben, that being said, baseball entering the final, eh, about the final seven days or so up until the trade deadline. It got pushed back a few days into August, August 2nd, uh, because of the late start to uh, the season. And the Braves, a game and a half out, really putting some uh, pressure on the Mets. Got it down to a half game over the weekend. Plus seven in the wild card. So right now, again, with a little bit more than two months to go, you would say you feel pretty good about it, uh, about your playoff chances. Got to get there, can't have an epic collapse. But if you're Alex Anthopoulos, what are you going to do? You've got Adam Duvall now out for the rest of the year. Ian Anderson hasn't looked great. Uh, you have Spencer Strider, who is gone, going to go well, has been over and going to go well over uh, his maximum innings for a single season that he's ever pitched in his career. So you have some moves to make. If you're Alex Anthopoulos, are you looking for a big splash? Or are you looking for the Jock Petersons, the Jorge Solaires, the Eddie Rosario moves that you were like, eh, I could see it. At the time, everybody was like, okay, that's kind of a piece. It's not going to make me go crazy, but boy, did they, they pan out in a big, big way. I think you go both, Kevin, if you can, because this is the thing, right? Let, let, let's, let, let's just talk about an anomaly for a second. We need to, listen, Jock, you know what I'm saying? I mean, Rosario Solaire, I mean, Kevin, I mean, if you would have even said when they off, oh man, it would be crazy if every last you know playoff, you know every every last playoff series we get, they just go boom, 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 and that's what happened, right? And look, you'll take it, you'll take it, but they, it's it's not as I mean, it's, they didn't give you a lot of confidence based off what they was doing to come to the Braves. They just that's they they just came to a culture to where, hey man, I'm not the guy over here. I can be one of these guys in a, you know in a short amount of time. 
Duval Duval being out definitely hurt because I mean you want to you want to try to sure up any listen anything that get us closer to having Marcelo Zuna be in the lineup scares me to death. Marcel need to stay over there as a DH. I think you need to add you know get you get you a glove. But you know this is the BJ Bennett in me. Kevin, can you have enough pitches? Like can you have enough? I mean you look we what you got is good, but I'm talking about playoff baseball. I'm talking about can you get me three outs? Which Every I think you, you have certain guys so, you feel good about. So, yeah. I, so, so I think that look, if you could add, if you could add you another glove in the outfield, I definitely help because, you know, right now the outfield is you know two, two of those guys rock solid. You you know what you got, but it's like the hitters just know. Oh no, we ain't gonna hit it over there to them anyway. You add you a glove. You add you. You could always add you another pitcher only because I think by adding another pitcher it puts pressure on the guys that's already here to say look. We, we ain't guaranteeing that he going to be on the playoff roster because, let's face it, the Braves are seven games up. Now, Kevin on, Kevin has seen it. I don't think it's going to be a collapse, <laughs> you know. But I, but I do think that you can never – this is the thing about any sport. You never have more you, – you got, you got, you know, you got what you need, but you, I want to have more than what I need because, Kevin, sometimes injury happens because of wear and tear. The part of the season you're in, that's a lot of games. Game in, game out. Can you add a glove – I mean, can you add a – can you add a – you know, an outfielder. Can you add another? Can you add another pitcher? Because the thing about the Braves, no matter what people say, Alex Anthopoulos has bargaining chips because people want to play for the Braves. Like if you're, you know, you're not gonna be a spring chicken coming over here to the Braves. You're gonna be a guy that's got some, got some years on you. People want to have a chance to win a ring. And how many teams can say that? When you start talking about teams that matter in the bigs, <laughs> it's very. That's a very very short list. So I do think Anthopoulos, he's earned some stripes, and Kevin now. Whatever he does, you go, okay. Jock Peterson's a legend for life. Solaire, legend for life. Rosario, legends for life. Because of what happened last year, I would love for, you know, lightning to strike twice, uh, which we don't think that's going to happen. But I do think you got to add you an outfielder. I do think. And if you could add you another pitcher, Kevin, whether that be, I don't know if it's going to be a starter. Maybe you add you a bullpen piece. But 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 Anthopolis knows, hey, man, I'm a manager on a team that matters. I mean, I'm sorry, I'm a GM on a team that matters. I got to do something. I don't think it could come and go, and we just go. Whew! We didn't do anything. Nope. This fan base is rampant. They they, they want to they want to keep going. And I got to say this to you people online that's talking trash to uh, Ron Lacuna. You need to find something to do with <laughs> yeah. your life. Like people get in slumps. I get it, but he's not gonna hit a home run every time he's out. But people saying, "Well, man, maybe we need to trade him." And get who? Stop it. Yeah, uh, I, I, I see stuff like that, and people get frustrated over the course of a season. It's like, come on, Ron Lacuna is still. A superstar. He is still a year removed from ACL tear, right? And I think there's some of that where the Braves are like, hey, we're trying to guard uh, against him maybe re-injuring it. Maybe he's trying to guard against re-injuring it when you see some of the ways uh, he's gone about things in the outfield uh, at, at this stage. And, again, I think that's human nature. What made Ronald Acuna so special is you would see him with those magnificent plays in the outfield. And, strong. and I'm not saying he's not doing that, but I think people are questioning that. And I'm like you, Ben. I've heard everything from, oh, Acuna's pouting because – He's looking at Juan Soto turning down $455 million. He's looking at all these guys, uh, you know, Tatis, guys who are of similar ilk, <laughs> if you will, in terms of ability, in terms of notoriety, in terms of upside for their career, say, oh, man, I'm sitting here on, and nobody's crying about this, $100 million, right? I got signed a 10-year. You signed it. You didn't have to. I don't think anybody, but I don't know, I don't know that it's fair to say he's pouting because he wants a $400 million contract. I've been on record, been of saying, the Braves will not let this get to the end. No. If he continues to perform, he will not get to year 10. I don't think he's going to get to year 6 before the Braves go back and say, hey, how about we restructure this thing and pay you a little more commensurate with what you're worth. 
I think also, depending on what you are there for, are you there for the money? Some people are. Ben, you've talked about this. Hey, there are, in any professional sports clubhouse, locker room, there are guys that are there because they love it, guys that are there for their legacy, and guys that are there for their light bill, right? You got guys that want the cash, they want either want the legacy, or they're there because we love it. We see guys hanging on and go, why is that guy playing 16, 17 years? He's washed up because he loves it. He wants to play, uh, and he can still do it. Uh, at a high level. Then you got the legacy guys, you know, your Kobe's, your Tom Brady's, your other, who are like, look, I know I'm good and I'm going to leave a mark. That's why I'm playing. And then you, obviously you got a lot of guys who are like, I'm here for the, I'm here for the paycheck. I truly believe if you look at, at Ronald Acuna, if you are Ronald Acuna, you're a young man, maybe you want more money. But at the same time, look around at your team and go, I think if anything, if I'm Acuna, I'd say, I didn't get to finish last year. Mm-hmm. And maybe you're looking at saying, I need to not go as hard, especially when you're getting your butt kicked 9-1, to one, and risk me not being around for the postseason again. Yeah. Uh, because, again, you win a World Series with Atlanta. You just talked about it. Three guys that were on the team for two months are legends. Legends. Yeah. yeah. And they're guys that were just basically rental players. Yeah. Ron Lacuna is a guy that you expect to be here for 10, 12 years. Yeah. If I can win a World Series, get to multiple postseasons, perform at a high level, I could – be a legendary player. And that comes with the dollars usually in today's world Yeah, uh, when you're able to do that. Plus, as we've seen all around sports, take the high-dollar contract doesn't mean you're going to be on a team that's good. Oh, yeah. Right? So I think you look around and say, I'm playing with a young Austin Riley. I'm playing with a young Ozzy, Michael Harris. Matt Olson's in here on an eight-year deal uh, to play. We could be really, really good. If somebody doesn't say I need half a billion yeah. or four hundred million, yeah. and I'm not saying that because they don't deserve it or whatever, that's, I'm just simply saying people go, well, "Why don't you just go out and get Juan Soto?" I'm sorry, the way the Braves treat baseball, and I'm not saying it's good or bad. The way the Braves treat baseball, you pay Juan Soto four hundred and forty million dollars, and he already rejected that. So you pay Juan Soto five hundred million dollars. The Atlanta Braves, I don't think within three years will be a very competitive baseball they, they, team. They don't have they don't because have you're the not money. going to continuously yes. pay guys like that. And, you might and, have. So I, I think it's a double short, but I do think I'm with you, Ben. Lay off Acuna. Like oh, yeah. I, I get it's the, it's the internet and people want to troll well, they, and all that, do. but he's he's giving you of course a lot of upside of for course. a month and then two months slump. Of course, and I, I feel like just you're, you're digging a hole that doesn't need to be dug. <laughs> and, 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 you know, you understand what I'm saying? It's like yeah. sometimes you want to dig and, and find out what's going on. This, this is a hole that doesn't need to be dug. He's going through a slump. He is still a great player. He is still elite. He still has great upside. And yes, he's coming off an injury. If there was something more to it, Ben, would you hear Brian Snicker kind of getting? irked at the questions post-game about Ronald Acuna when they're saying, hey, did you kind of think about it? He goes, what are you talking about? What plays are you talking about? You tell me what you don't, you don't think was uh, was happening out there, and I'll tell you what I think. So I, I think your manager's sticking up for you. I, I think people are trying to create a problem and try to see something yeah. that's not there. Well, Kevin, I mean, uh, Ronald Acuna Jr., you, you know, if you ever want to know if you were a superstar or not, you know, there it is. I'm not saying you're immune from criticism. No, no, no. no. I mean, what, what I'm saying is, what I'm saying is, I appreciate Snit saying, "Look, uh, y'all, y'all only going off this 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 small sample size of a guy in a slump." Who, I mean, let's face, it, there are a couple of guys. Every time they step to the plate, you expect them to go yard, and he's one of those guys. That's not going to happen. But at the same time, too, if you are talking about a guy like Ronald Acuna Jr., you that's where you get that's where Alex Anthopoulos has really made his money. They had to put talent around. They had to. You have to put talent 
around superstars to let them know you are the guy. But but I mean, has he played his best baseball in no, the last month? No, Absolutely no, not. No, but, but 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 the thing is too though, Kevin. That that's a testament to Alex Anthopoulos saying, "Look, man, you know how much more pressure he's under when he has to play well every night." No, no, I don't want him to come in there. Hey, man, yeah, you are lead off, so you're gonna get more at bats than most. But we ain't putting the pressure on you to have to perform. You got a bunch of guys around you, but whenever he does catch fire, look out. Cause I mean he, I mean, cause he does it all. Getting on, I mean, his own base percentage ain't what you want to be. His slugging percentage ain't what you want to be. But he steals, he steals bases. You talk about a lost art. How many people can even attempt to steal bases now? Not yeah. many. No, not I, many. So I, I, so, I, so I, I just think that hey, Kevin, it's the world that we live in. You know, we, you know, we got all these, uh, you know, you know, we got all these keyboard heroes walking around, <laughs> man. You know, they they gonna do what they do. With, you know, I had a guy tell me one time with Ben, I'm not just sitting behind the keyboard, you know, talking trash. Uh, that's exactly what you're doing, you know. But uh. You know, I'm going to have to get some locations for some of y'all. You know what I'm saying? But, no, at the end, at the end of the day, uh, thank thank God that the team is – because even even when they won all those games in June, Kevin, I mean, he played okay, not up to his, not up to his, uh, to his uh, potential, but he'll be all right. That's the thing about baseball. You play yourself in a slump, you got to play yourself out of a slump. But shout-out to uh, – shout-out to Snick kind of let kind of kind of kind of uh, setting the tone for the media. Hey, 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 y'all need to cut that stuff out, man. I can get it from them because I got to deal with y'all every day. Please don't come with that nonsense. I know y'all program directors or editors told y'all to get some talking points or some questions in. Don't, well, why is somebody else to play well, I with? Think, I just think, I, I think he, people, like you said, people are fishing for something that yes, I don't know. That's is he playing well? No. no. Is he? Were there some plays this weekend uh, on Sunday where maybe it wasn't full out? Yes. But, again, he's a year removed from an ACL injury. I think on some level he's trying to make sure on a chance play he doesn't hurt himself. Uh, and potentially miss the postseason again because to me he's way too valuable for that to happen with the Atlanta Braves. We got more to come here. It is three and out all across the Southern Pigskin Radio Network. We'd love to hear from you. Hit us up on Twitter at Pigskin Radio. We're also streaming live ESPNCoastal.com and on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Good to have you back. Here it is, three and out on this Monday. Kevin Thomas, Ben Troop, thanks for making us a part of your day. And Ben, SEC Media Days in the rearview mirror after it was in Atlanta last week. Uh, did you learn anything, I guess, about a team? Do you have a different perspective uh, on a team after Media Days? I know a lot of times we're, we all like to go, oh, we like to see what, I mean, coaches are going to play it close to the vest. But do you learn anything about any of the teams there last week? Uh, Tennessee, uh, Josh Heupel, uh, obviously Kevin coming off a, you know, a very, very successful, uh, you know, a first season. I like, I like the way he handled himself because let's face it. When we, we know who the two top dogs are, sure. no pun intended, the, the, the way he went, I, I'm always, I'm always intrigued when coaches are very, very, very eager to go to radio road. Now, now that's year. That's, that's, that's coming in the year two. We'll see if you're four or five, but. I like the way he was very, very energetic and enthusiastic. He was asked a question, and, uh, you know, one of the radio stations that he sat down with, you know, who would you go with, a young? You got a two-minute drill. You need, you know, you need one score. Do you go with a young Josh Hype or a Heisman Trophy winner Josh Hype, or would you go with a Hendon Hooker? He said, I would go with Hendon Hooker. They said, why? He goes, better coaching. I like a guy that got, you know, listen, I was impressed with Brian Kelly. Because let's face it, Brian Kelly – I didn't know who he was going to be standing up there. He sounded like himself, sounded like Notre Dame, Brian Kelly. Sounded like, you know, from Massachusetts up north, Brian Kelly. Um, but then, you know, you got Coach Clark Lee. This, this is the thing about Vanderbilt. What do you want him to say? 
Like, what can he say? We, I, I think we're going to be the best college football program in the country. You're like, Coach, you ain't recruiting us now. You, you're talking to us. Like, what can he say? Uh, and once again, if you play for Mississippi State, right, Coach Leach, seven words. Any questions? All right, guys. Any questions? But Kevin, I, I think the team. I think the team that's probably the most intriguing team that I learned about, uh, in a sense, is Kentucky. They got a big time quarterback coming back at Will Levis. You know, you look at what they're gonna have in the running game with Rodriguez. You talk about a guy like Coach Marshall, who's the second, uh, who's the, who's the second longest uh, coach in the SEC behind Nick Saban, right? Yeah, that's crazy. And, and, yeah, and so and, and listen. My alma mater, we, we can't keep a coach, right? Think about that. <laughs> can't keep one. Look at the consi- – and, and, and I think the one thing about Coach Mark Stoops is, you know, I, you know, I mean, I saw our own Christian Gokel sat down with Peter Burns, and Peter Burns said, look, I got pulled to the side by Mark Stoops saying, look, man, I don't like it when I tell y'all stuff like we good and y'all don't chuckle when other teams that y'all think good. Even if you don't think I'm going to be good, lie to me because you don't see the type of pro- – we're always battling for respect, at Kentucky, because we're the quote basketball out of all the schools, right. basketball school. I get it, I get it, but man, nine, ten wins, like competing in the East, you know. So I think I learned a lot about Kentucky. Now, Will Levis, I don't think I had to see you put the mayonnaise in the freaking yeah, that's kind of coffee. Gross. That's nasty. Like, sir, let, let, fellas, let me tell you something. I get that you high profile, so our weirdness gets to be on display. It ain't for everybody. <laughs> when you left the house and you told your family and your girlfriend or whoever, you know. Uh, you know, whoever your significant other is, hey, I'm, I'm going to show them about the mail. Don't do it. And they're going to ask you. Just tell them don't. But I will, I will say it's the Kentucky Wildcats, Kevin, because you know, just like I know, no matter what the Floridas do or no matter what, the, you know, uh, and I'm talking about, you know, the second-tier teams right now, what the Floridas, the South Carolinas, you know, of the world do, they're not going to be, oh, man, they just had a bad year. Kentucky has a good year. Oh, that's an outlier. Well, wait, whoa, whoa. So we can't be good amongst those guys. So that battle, because the SEC West and the SEC East got the same problem. Who is the number two team in each conference? I don't know who the number two team yeah. is in the West. It's, we Now, on paper, it's supposed to be Texas A&M. Unless you ain't get the memo. Ole Miss ain't get the memo. Arkansas definitely didn't get the memo. In the SEC East, I mean, Tennessee's supposed to be good. Kentucky's supposed to be good. They got Florida picked fourth. We don't know. So, but I will say Mark Stoops doesn't get, doesn't get a – because at the end of the day, Kevin, it's about wins, right? It's about being, you know, it's about wins, competing in your division, sure. trying to make the bowl game. Well, that's, Kentucky's been doing that. We thought that, one, you know, we thought that, you know, with uh, Josh Allen and company, you know, left and Ben Snell Jr. left, that was going to be it. Nope, still very consistent. And they've added a passing game. So I would go to Kentucky Wildcats, but I will say the smartest move of the weekend, of the, of the, of the entire SC Media Days, might have been, uh, you know, Coach Shane Beamer. I'm not banging Spencer Rattler anywhere near y'all. Because, <laughs> because, you know, when you got guys like you know uh, Drew Drew DeArmond up there, he gonna yeah. get his, he gonna he gonna get his question in. That's right. And sometimes Kevin, as a coach, you have to protect your players. Look, he's coming from Oklahoma. We know he's high profile. You know, he's all on Netflix, QB one, all kind of stuff. Nope. If y'all want to talk to him, come to Columbia. I gotta protect him from y'all. No, I, I thought that was a an interesting move by him as well. Ben, I I, I kind of thought you know it was interesting. Obviously, the SEC. People put out there as the best conference. I think winning the national championship, uh, three different teams in three years now. I don't, nobody else can say that. I think the Big Ten, it's really been Ohio State leading the way. Michigan came through last year and got beat in the in the playoffs. But at least you're getting a little different uh, flavor there uh, from the Big Ten. But I wonder, Ben, when you look at it and say, hey, we are the best conference. The media, the people who are paid to watch you and cover you, 
overwhelmingly picked two teams. Like, it wasn't even close. Mm -hmm. Like, in the East, I think Georgia got all but, like, five votes. Somebody even threw one at Vanderbilt, or nine. They got all but nine. And you're going, somebody, you lost a bet to vote for Vanderbilt. And in the West, it was it was even more so. Alabama got all but, like, four votes uh, to win it. Can you be the best conference and be that lopsided? Right? Like, if you're the best conference, should you have two teams that are that clear of a favorite? Like, I mean, we've been to SEC media days. Yeah. You're like, hey, yes. they like Georgia in the East, but Florida got 10 less votes. Uh-huh. And Tennessee got, you know, 15 or 20. The West, hey, they like Alabama, but Auburn's right there. And LSU, they kind of split. This is like 95% of the vote went to two teams. Yeah. And then for Alabama to win it, it was clear cut. Clear cut. Like yeah. Georgia got 19. Somebody got a few more to win it. And again, somebody voted for Vanderbilt, <laughs> I think, because they wanted to, to yeah. you know, stick out. Can you be the best conference if, if it's so overwhelmingly in favor of those two teams? And I guess the follow up is how good do you think the middle is? Because I think that's what'll. I'm not saying this to say I think they're bad. I'm saying just, but. You are overwhelmingly favored two teams to meet and win for uh, and play for it. How good's the rest of it? How good's that middle of the conference? Well, to answer your first question, yes, I do think you can because Kevin, this is a reflection of where we are. Could you imagine if Florida and Tennessee are getting a bunch of votes? Then we're gonna be like, is well, I'm not saying that. I'm saying, but like, should you be at a spot where you can well, mix I, around? It's not overwhelmingly. Hey, these two teams are it, and everybody else yeah, is because, because, just kind of fodder but, here. Yeah, because the thing is, too, I think sometimes, right. Look at who they're saying that to. They're saying that to these fan bases. Because if 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 we we are looking at the we're looking at these teams objectively, like we're not, yes, you got your favorites, but you're looking at it for what it is. And you're saying, look, I will be okay, what do Georgia what now now Texas AM got they up there for recruiting, but I also lost to Mississippi State. So people are like, well, dude, we don't really know what we get with Texas. Who's been the most consistent? Florida. I mean, I'm sorry, you got Georgia, you got Alabama. So it's just a reflection. Plus, the last time. The last time a team not named LSU won, not named uh, LSU won in the West, it was Alabama. They beat Georgia. When Georgia finally won, they beat Alabama. So they're just looking at where they are. Kirby Smart, Nick Saban, hundred million dollar coaches. Boom. Far as like, the, as far as like how good is the second tier? I think they're really good because this is what I look at second tier. I'm looking at second tier based off other second tiers and other like the Big Ten or you know or the ACC because that's what we really do with confidence. We don't know how you do conference. Okay. I, if Vanderbilt was in, that's what we do. When you start saying, who the second tier? Texas A&M. Let's think about this, Kevin. Take Georgia and Alabama out for a second. All right, they, they, they took a year off. Whatever. Somebody saying, Texas A&M, LSU, Auburn, Ole Miss, Arkansas, Florida, Tennessee, South Carolina, Kentucky. Then you start doing this. Michigan, Michigan State, Penn State. All right, but you start going Iowa. You start going... Like, I think, I think the second tier is, that's what you start saying, all right, second tier is in other conferences. I do think they're going to be good. I know that none of them are going to have, you know, I think if any, I think you're going to need one of those second tier teams to get the nine wins because the, the SEC doesn't have a perception problem like other conferences do. Like when Clemson don't win the ACC, what's going on with the ACC? Because they say, well, Clemson's supposed to be at the top. When, I don't know. Oregon doesn't win the Pac-12 because SC ain't, you know, we'll see what's going to happen with Lincoln Riley. They're going to say, what's going on with the Pac-12? No, the SEC is like the NCAA tournament. The best team's going to rise to the top. You don't have to worry about that. That second tier, I don't know. It's almost like, and because they don't, Florida plays Texas A&M this year. We'll see. Uh, LSU, 
they gonna have to they come out the gate with Florida State. So all these early tests, but Kevin, I do think the second tier teams are really, really good. And you know, eight and four used to be something decent. Now with are they all right? You know, I'm like, so so we'll see what happens. But I, I do think the second tier is pretty good. Yeah, and again, I I will agree. I I understand the point. Hey, when we line up against other conferences, the, our middle beats your middle almost every time. Like it is, I I get it. I get it. High high win percentage. Like 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 in, like, in, like in a sense, NC State and the ACC it's like Texas A&M. Like they are good enough to beat anybody. They can beat anybody, and they'll lose to a team. <laughs> and you go what? So it's so every team has a has a has a comparable team, right? Like I hate to do it. But Florida in the SC, Florida's come, you know, come in the ACC. It's Miami. They're dude. All y'all not doing right now is winning. Y'all getting the resources, the coaches, all not winning, right? And I and that's what it is. You know, no, I don't BJ. He'll be back here soon, and I ain't even to start doing comparisons. That's what he loves. He'll like I can just see him saying, "You think Miami? Is that what I said? Yes." But to, you know, but second tier, Kevin, because it's the thing, right? Every brand, no matter what brand you wear, you know. Every brand doesn't have you don't like people go. I mean, you wear this brand, yeah? Do you wear everything this brand makes? No, no, I don't wear everything they make. But for what I like, they got it, right? The thing about the SEC, it's everything you want. You got the top dogs, you got second tiers, and you got a whole bunch of noise with these narratives, with the quarterbacks and the coaches and the shoulda, coulda, wouldas. And if this happened, if that happened, nope, can't be Georgia, can't be Alabama. So it's gonna be much to do about nothing because you, you know. How was the SEC championship already sold out? Because the two teams already know who's going to be. It's sold out. What? Wait a minute. What if, what if what? Well, what if this team go? What team? I mean, Texas A&M not happening. Texas A&M wasn't going to Big 12 championships when they were in that. They finna start with the SEC. Think about that, Kevin. I remember that. The SEC championship already sold out. Yeah, but they're supposed to wait. Ooh, that's correct. That's correct. Yeah, it's all that's uh, a lot of Georgian Bama fans. Last year. A lot of Georgian fans go ahead and buying their tickets uh, for that thing when it's all said and done. We got more to come. Here it is, three and out. 912-342-7184. Love to hear from you on this Monday. Good to have you back. Here it is, three and out on this Monday. Falcons going to open training camp coming up end of the week, Ben. But the Jags, they're in that uh, Hall of Fame game, I believe. Uh, They have already started training camp. And Doug Peterson says, hey, we have no guys on the pup list, which uh, the physically unable to perform list, uh, which if you're not familiar, like that is a rarity like usually on every team if you got guys coming back you got somebody who's on a contract that's probably not going to be good until the middle of the year that's not going to be able to go through training camp and all that so if you're Jacksonville Ben at least you're starting out nobody's on a major injured list you're getting Travis Etienne back James Robinson apparently going to be slow through training camp but should be good to go I mean if you're Doug Peterson you're you're starting with a fresh slate literally right nope nobody's hurt Yep. You got your players intact. Yep. Your pieces intact. That's obviously a big advantage if you're trying to turn that whole thing around. That is, Kevin. That, that that's what a, that's what a new uh, new coaching staff does, right? Renewed energy. Guys are saying, look, the last thing I want to do is start off, you know, uh, my new my new uh, regime, you know, uh, uh, in the training room. Doug Peterson. I don't think people understand. That's the greatest. That's the greatest thing that you could have done to a franchise that needed direction. The shotgun. I mean. I question everything you did last year when you get Urban Meyer and Chris Doyle and Tim T and so it was it was it was crazy. 
You need stability, right? You need stability right. from the head coach position. You got that. Now, guys are saying, now, now make numbers. Now, Kevin, now, you, you asked what happened the last week before training camp. You got guys saying, yeah, man, my knee, you like this. Your knee what? <laughs> yeah, boy, you better, boy, you, you better get some being gay or something. You don't, because this is the thing. When you're, when you're a professional athlete, the opportunities are rare. Like, I was told, no, the best players in sport are not the ones that play the best. They make the most of their opportunities more consistently. Those are the best players. Right. Every time they get an opportunity, they're going to make the most of it. Right? Now, if somebody said Devontae Adams is the best receiver in the NFL, how many targets he get? They throw the ball to him 12 times. How many call? 10. That's a good game to me. He's making the most of it. So if you're talking about a team like the Jacksonville Jaguars, we don't have an identity right now. Right? We don't have one. They believe in this young quarterback going into his second year. They are trying to say, all right, this is what an NFL franchise Could is you make the to case like. that Doug Peterson is one with worse? Yes. At, at quarterback at yeah, least? Yeah, yeah. Because, because, because once again. You want Kevin, a Super Bowl with worse? Once again, Kevin. Potentially at quarterback? When they, the greatest thing that every good team and great team have in common is culture. Like, every time, every time, Doug Peterson built a culture in Philly first. So much so that Carson Wentz. When he when Carson Wentz was balling, he was on the track. He was on the MVP track. He gets hurt. Now most people say that's it. Nope, 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 nope. Nick Foles comes in, and the rest is history. You, that's but, but he had already built up a culture. The culture in Jacksonville is. You, if somebody would say, "What is Jacksonville known for? Being inconsistent, uh, going <laughs> going back, go, going back going back to back." I listen. I had a coach. <laughs> I had a coach, uh, Coach Sherm, when I was with the Titans. He said, some of y'all are consistent in being inconsistent. Bad teams, that's what they do better. We are consistently inconsistent. We went back-to-back number one overall picks, right? You don't go back-to-back number one overall picks when you're good. It, does, it just doesn't happen. When the last time the 32nd pick traded up to get the first pick? They don't. So for the Jaguars, it's good that everybody's in camp. Travis Etienne, healthy. James Robinson, they're going to you know, bring it back slow, but he's healthy. Trevon Walker, amen. All eyes on you. Very, very young defense. Christian Kirk, are you ready for the big times? Evan Ingram, hey, show people that you know you you bigger than just being on a one year deal, being a former number one. I mean, being a former first round pick. It's just so many storylines. But the number one thing is Doug Peterson. I'm proving why. Because I'm one of the very few in the NFL that got a ring. You talking about the list is short in the in college. It's even shorter in the NFL. I mean, Bill Belichick just stopped winning rings as of as of recently. Right, so I think that what the Jaguars got to got to tell themselves is, look, man, yeah, it doesn't matter what you've done. If you're a proven veteran, show it. If you're a young guy, prove it. That you that you that you earn some snaps, because Kevin, you know, just like I know, you go back to back, no one overall picks. It's gonna be rough. It's it's, yeah. it's going to be rough, but you got a bunch of guys, 22, 23. That's already veterans. I mean, I mean, Travis Etienne going into it, this really his rookie, even though his second year, he don't know how to wear it. I know he's fast. I, I, I get that part. But just like a lot of teams, Christian Kirk, everybody, like, ooh, look at that contract. Never been a headliner. Right? Zay Jones, never been a headliner. Evan Ingram on a new team with a big quarterback. Let's see. You got the, you got the offensive line shirt up. You got your running back shirt up. How's the defense going to play? That is the biggest question mark in the AFC South this year. Two biggest question marks, right? Who's the, start, who's the starting quarterback for Houston? Oh, and uh, may I say, because uh, I heard about this um, – my prayers going out to John Mechie, man. You know, I heard about him uh, getting diagnosed with uh, leukemia, man. I'm, I'm wishing him a speedy recovery. That's that's great, man. Take your time, young man. Definitely rooting for you. I think, but I think the thing is, Kevin, you know, who's the starting quarterback for uh, you know for the for the Houston Texans? 
how good is it? How who's going to be the star for this defense? Because you got a lot of you got a lot of quote names, right? Right. What about the game? I I, I like that Javon Walker was with uh you know Robin Mathis trying to learn this that, and the third. But Kevin, you know just like I know, you go number one overall. They think out of all the prospects, you was you was the best one. You had six and a half sacks at Georgia on the national championship team. No All-American teams, no SEC teams, no award lists, no college football awards. Now you know one of our pick. Young man, get ready for the big times because Taylor LeJuan and company for the Titans and all these left tackles, they coming for him because they're like, hey, man, he's the number one overall pick. Hey, man, they're going to be trying to go out there and, you know, uh, show the young man up, man. But that's, that, you know, that's why we play the game. Yeah, look, I, I, I think Jacksonville's an interesting team because they're in a division where nobody really scares you right now. Right? I mean, if if your Titans lose number 22, what are they left with? A good True. defense and a team that can't score. Yeah. Uh, Indianapolis. Whew. You got Matt Ryan. Yeah, good defense, too. They have a good defense. Matt Ryan goes down. Hmm. Where you at? They hmm. may be the best team yeah, yeah. Uh, I, in the division. I, 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 hate to give, I hate to give the Colts any love, but, I mean, <laughs> Jonathan Taylor, Matty Ice, you know, Michael Pittman. Uh, you know, uh, Darius Lynn and those guys. Look, at the end of the day, the Colts like one thing, right? They like older quarterback. Matt Hasselbeck was out there. Remember when he was out there? They won't, you know, now they got Matty out. They like guys like Matt. Philip Rivers made a stop there. Philip Rivers went to the playoffs. They went for, so in the last three, they went for Philip Rivers, Carson Wentz, Matt Ryan. So if you were Asian superstar at quarterback, your first <laughs> name is Matt. You got a shot to play for the for the Colts, but no, I, I I will say this is the NFC South and the AFC South are very very similar, right? You got really really good talent, and you got hey man, I don't want to be a bottom feeder, right? That's that's kind of how both of these. The difference is teams like you know the Bucks and the Saints and the Falcons and the Panthers. They are part of the, they are part of the NFL fabric, not the Texans, not the Titans, not the Jags, maybe the Colts. So we'll see, but I think if you are Jacksonville, having everybody full participation in training camp is what you want to see. Because Kevin, there are a lot of guys around the league, agent superstars who coming off big, big years and big contracts, who are on the PUP list. That is not yeah. a good sign for yeah, those guys. I, and I guess you, everybody's talking about Travis Etienne. How good do you think he's going to be? Because they said he's basically a rookie. Yeah, you've been rehabbing. I know his. I think it was his dad sat in on the media press conference and got a question to Trevor Lawrence like, "Hey." How excited are you to have Travis Etienne back? <laughs> well, Bob, as I'm glad you're. But how good do you think he is going to be? Year out, year off for injury. Yeah. You step in, and it's almost like we see this with a lot of players. The hype build up is, oh, he's fast. He can catch the ball. He can make plays. He's going to be dynamic. Benny hasn't played one down. Yeah. Of regular season NFL football. And you're talking about the running back position, which. I think, by and large, has been shown there ain't but about one or two guys that I think move the needle Yes, running back. And by move the needle, I mean make a difference from, yes. well, if it's not you, I'll just get that guy. Yes. So my question is, if you have Travis Etienne, is he going to give you much more than what James Robinson gave you? And if so, how's he going to be? How good do you think he could be uh, with this team? I think I think he'd be real good because the one thing about Travis Etienne that most guys don't have to adjust to when they get to the NFL is limited touches. Because now, to, to, for the, these bell cow running backs, Kevin, you see, they don't make it long. I, I give you, <clears throat> I mean, Todd Gurley. Todd Gurley played in the NFL about five, six years. 
was excellent for those six years, but that's a lot of wear and tear. A lot. I think for a guy like Travis Etienne, but because they didn't really feature him at Clemson because he was so dynamic, they're like, look, man, your injury shows that we need you when the games matter. Like when 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 when, when, the, when the, even though in Jacksonville they get really really good weather, but when they, when they, when they go from sunny to cold and frigid, well they don't throw the ball as much then. They want to run it then. We want to make sure that when it's time to run the football, you ready. Plus, Kevin, they got to protect them from himself. Like if I if I'm you know arguably the greatest uh, ACC running back of all time, and I haven't touched the field yet, I got to slow you down, young man, because I got to protect you from you. But you got a lot of guys on this offense, so I do think Travis Etienne got a chance to be really, really dynamic, especially with a guy like Doug Peterson. If you go back to it, when he was in Philly, like to use a two-running back system. You know, Ajahi, Ajahi, and those guys when they was there. So Doug Peterson has seen it all. I think that he been because he has stripes on the wall, he's well-respected. Whatever he tells uh, Etienne, he'll listen. Because that's another thing. So when you got young coaches trying to talk to players, players like, you know, what is your experience? Talking to me like, you know, like Doug Peterson, like, hey, Put your hand up, you got a ring. Oh, that's right. You don't. So I think I know what I'm doing. And I, I think that too, Kevin, if you look at what Doug Peterson did in, in Philly, I say this, now you're a long way from Philly. But if you could do it in Philly, I think you got a shot to be, I think you got a shot to do some big things in Jacksonville. Be, I'll be interested to see where that offense goes and how quickly it turns around if they can be an actual offense that can consistently get things done. They got a quarterback that a lot of people believe in. We'll see if they can get it done. we got much more to get to here. It is three and out on this Monday. Hit us up on Twitter at Pigskin Radio. We're also streaming live at ESPNCoastal.com and on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Good to have you back. Here it is, three and out on this Monday. I am Kevin Thomas. He is Ben Troop. Glad you're making us a part of your day. We'll take three right around the corner. Also, something I know Ben's talked about in pro football for a while that's uh, seemingly coming a little bit more than norm. We'll get to that coming up in hour number two, as well as we got a question about the XFL and what they did over the weekend, Ben, which was announced some uh, some new cities. And someone's like, why, why would they do that? We'll, we'll get to that uh, coming up in just a little bit. But I was watching a video. It's making the rounds. I don't, I don't know why. It made me think of you instantly. You seen the one where the guy, and I, we, I, we bring this to the show because Ben looks at strange videos all the time. There's a guy standing there. And people have used this over and over. And he like kind of does the little flex, and then a a cow, a bull, or something comes full speed and just <laughs> boom, yes. just runs him over. I mean, it's hilarious. I yes. love it when other people inflict pain upon yes. themselves. Like I just think, why would yes. you do that? Yes. But uh, I've been I've been in a situation in my younger years where I've had a, I'll call it a herd. Come on. There was about eighteen, eh, about eighteen of them. Did you let them get close enough to you though? They got closer than I wanted them to no, get No, 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 Kevin. You ain't finna just speed by that, though. The dude that got hit, listen, you, you play super <laughs> games, you win super prizes. You deserve everything you got. But, Kevin, I, I'll throw you in real quick. There's a guy. He's got two bunnies, right? And the people go up to him and say, what's your favorite song? He goes, I don't know. He said, they can do tricks. He goes, what? He shoots the bunny, and the bunny falls back real slow like he shot him. Then he says, pray, and the bunny goes like this. I'm going to show it to you during the break. Some crazy stuff. Crazy stuff. A lot of weird stuff out there on uh, on the internet. We'll come back. Take three around the corner leading up to Braves baseball. Braves and the Phillies. It'll be Max Fried going for win number 11. We'll lead you up to that a little bit later here this uh, this afternoon. Take three around the corner. It is three and out on the Southern Pigskin Radio Network. Love to hear from you on Twitter, at Pigskin Radio. Also, catch us streaming live video. ESPN Coastal on YouTube. ESPN Coastal on YouTube. If you missed any of the show, you can go there and catch what you missed as well.
Good to have you back here. Hour two of Three and Out. Kevin Thomas, Ben Troop. Glad you're making us a part of your day. We are streaming live as well, ESPNCoastal.com and on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. A lot to get to this hour. We'll talk about something new that is, I know, makes Ben happy in uh, the National Football League. We'll get to that. Also, the XFL. Got a question about that. We'll get to that coming up in just a little bit. But Ben, it's four. It's four o'clock. Let's take three here on Three and Out. All right, take one, Ben. Falcons training camp opens up on Friday. Who will be the most talked about guy on Friday in Flowery Branch when training camp opens up? It better be Drake. It better be Mr. Drake London. I mean, Kevin, I mean, you know what's crazy? We get to talking about how the receiving core is going to look, how the defensive line going to look, who's going to be, who's going to help out A.J. Terrell, who's going to help out Grady Jarrett. Mr. Drake London, you were the top 10 pick, sir. You went the first receiver off the board, and you were the only receiver that did not run a 40. And every time we saw you, you was not running away from people. You was winning the 50-50 ball. So for me, it better be, you know, it better be Drake London because, Kevin, you're going to need him to look like a number one, play like a number one because of guys like Justin Jefferson, and you know, uh, you know, and uh, Chase, you know, Jamar Chase is coming to Kevin. They coming straight out of college, straight into the big leagues, being number ones. He's six four. I don't know how fast he is. We know he can jump. We know he got a long stride. Can he get open consistently? For my money, I want a Mr. Drake London because this time last year, Kevin, you know, what everybody was talking about. They were talking about Kyle Pitts, how good he looked. Now, no one said he was getting in his own. D. Orlando, when I catch you, I'm gonna D. Orlando. I don't want to hear nothing. No, no, no. But, but for my money, I think I think it has to be Drake London. Yeah, I I, I want to say Drake London, but I feel like it's gonna be Marcus Mariota because I I, oh, yeah. I I think it's going to be Mariota because people want to know. Look, can you win with this guy? And I don't mean when I say win, Ben. I obviously am keeping that in perspective. Like, I'm not gonna win the Super Bowl, but can you win? With this guy, because I think honestly, you're the Atlanta Falcons. If you're Terry Fontenot, uh, if you're Arthur Smith, you don't want to be picking in the top ten next year. No, right? That's not saying your roster doesn't have have promise, but I think you're seeing it proven over and over again, mm-hmm. where people say, "Well, if you're not going to win, just tank and get a good draft pick." Well, talk to the Cleveland Browns; they've been good like one year from doing that. Talk to the Detroit Lions; they've had a lot of top five picks. Where are they at? Talk to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Back-to-back number ones. Their GM and the coach is coming out saying, we are not picking number one again. And I think it's about fixing. number two? I mean, I'm just saying. <laughs> That's not number one. It's not a lie. <laughs> but no, but, but you're, you're talking about fixing a culture, fixing, and I don't mean a culture of what I want. You're fixing the culture of we give up when things get tough. Yes. Why? Because we'd rather have a draft pick than try to win. Yes. I think if you're the Falcons, you have a franchise that is built on Mediocrity, and I don't mean that as a as a criticism of Arthur Blank, Terry Fontenot, it, but again, before Matt Ryan showed up, Woo. and you had Mike Vick and you've before been, Matt Ryan saying, got there. You you have been around since the seventies, and before Matt Ryan showed up, you had never had back to back winning seasons. Now with Michael Vick, you had a winning season and a five hundred season, but you've never had back to back years where you won more than you lost. And now towards the end of the Matt Ryan years, you kind of started going the other direction. So, by and large, your franchise was in the golden era there with Matt Ryan. trying not to go back to that mediocrity era. Yes. How do you do that? Well, you try to win six, seven games yes. again yes. Uh, this year and, and continue forward. Yes. So, I think it's Marcus Mariota and can you win? Yeah. And by win, I mean well, the thing, not but the thing about Marcus Mariota, though, Kevin, though, they can't touch him. 
See what I'm saying? Like, now you can't touch a quarterback during the year, so he going so throws that probably would have been sacks, definitely would have been sacks in the game, they're gonna still let him go through his progression. But I but I will say this. If it's not Drake London, Lorenzo Carter, because sure. somebody gonna have to get to the somebody gonna have to get to the QB and get to him in a hurry, because Epic ET and those guys, they are rookies. Marlon Davidson, you better do something. Just saying. <laughs> The clock is ticking. It is. Uh, as you said, uh, on their career. Ben, we move along. Take two. As a former grizzled NFL veteran, what is the best thing, or even college football? Let's, uh, let's look at it from that perspective. What is the best thing about fall practice, and what is the worst thing about fall practice from a player's perspective? I, w- I, will, go, I will go with college first. The thing about fall practice, if you are talking about a college in college, now I get to show these coaches I'm ready for the big times. Like, the hardest thing to do for – this is how you know I've been around football way <laughs> too long, man. The only reason you're ever going to – and, Kevin, I'm, when I say that you're going to – that is true. The only way you're going to play in any level of football is trust from a coach, though. If the coach don't trust you, you're not playing. I don't care how good you are. You're not playing. In the NFL, right, hey, we paying you too much money for you. For Where, where is our return on investment at? Like – What's up? The pro- so if you are in colleges, I want to build that trust. And are you ready to be a pro- are you ready to be a professional? Listen, getting drafted makes me a pro. That don't make me a professional. Professionals are I show up in shape. I show up ready, ready and eager to go out there and get better every single day. I'm not complaining, and I'm consistently making plays. College is one of those things that where Kevin, you can sometimes. The fall in colleges, it's just finding a role for yourself. Because 85 guys, college is the only place that has the first, second, third, and fourth team, offense and defense. The, the farther you are away from one and two, the less likely you're going to play. So when you start saying, hey, man, they got starting receivers on, they, they the gunners on punt, dude. It's like I'm trying to make a, I'm trying to make it so that I become a better teammate when I'm in college, finding a niche for myself to just get on the field. And if I'm in the NFL, it's, hey, how can I get close to being on that dress squad on game day and actually starting either on special teams or on offensive defense? Because if I don't start on offensive defense, but I start on special teams, I'm guaranteed to dress. I didn't know these things my first year. I'm like, what do you mean? <laughs> oh, yeah, bro, if you ain't start on, if you ain't start on special teams and you ain't a true backup, you're sitting. But that's, that's a backup fullback. He, he started on special teams. And if one of the tight ends go out, he's going to do what y'all do. What? Hey, it ain't going to be pretty, but he's going to stick his hand in the dirt. He's going to try to, you know, take a, you know go, go, on a, go on a double block with that, uh, with that defensive end up to that linebacker. So, tight, college, finding a niche, NFL, hey, just, just learning how to be more of a player that when the coaches go to the staff meeting room and your name comes up, you don't hear this. Ben shooting. Oh, my God. What do you want me to start, coach? Because – Cause, Cause, what they do? They say, okay, he ain't playing well at all. What about special teams? I'm trying to get him off. <laughs> so I'm just saying it, it gets rough. Cause Kevin, once again, Kevin, you're a coach. It doesn't change. The only thing changing from from small to older is is the level of competition. If you got a little, you know, you got a, you know, little Timmy's a pitcher, but he can't hit the broad side of a barn. You're not sticking him in it, dude. You ain't got no touch. But coach, I've been. I watch you every day, Timmy, and I love you. But I'm not. I, listen, I want the batter to actually have to swing to be competitive. If they just standing there, I'm like, ball four. You're like this. It's the same thing, man. Every, and yeah. sometimes, 
you know, we, they got to see we, if your mind is right. It ain't for everybody, man. It ain't for the weak, man. Just because you want to do it, got to prove that you built to do it. I'm, I certainly understand uh, uh, that moving. Uh, what's the worst thing? We didn't get to, I didn't get you in it. Uh, being Just being out there in the heat. No, 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 no. no. The, 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 worst, the, the worst thing about college, right? The worst thing about college is, right, you're getting exposed in a way that's hard to describe because, one, you're just athletic. You don't know your players. You don't know where you're supposed to be, right? You're argumentative. You're doing everything that goes against coaching, that goes against being a good teammate, and you're not going to play. You're arguing with the coach who's your lifeline to the, to the, to the, to the head coach. I'm talking about your assistant <laughs> coach. And then the NFL, and then the NFL, hey, let me tell you something. If they paying you to do something, and you start hearing this, oh, come on, dude, really? You still <laughs> dropping the ball, bro? You ain't learned how to catch this off. I'm telling you, it's Kevin, it's the worst place to be, man, because this is your livelihood. So, NF, I mean, college, just not just, just you know, being uncoachable in the NFL, you're not a professional, bro. Yeah. And you are, you, you are a bank robber. You are stealing money. They're paying you money <laughs> to get nothing in return. <laughs> Moving along to take three. This is probably the, the good question here on take three. National Hot Fudge. Sunday day. Today be a good time to have one in the studio right now. But uh, the question being, I'll take three, how deep do you roll on the toppings? Do you just vanilla ice cream and put some hot fudge on it, or do you go deep with the toppings? I'm, I'm, I'm not a, I'm not a de- see, I'm not a deep topping person, but look, vanilla, listen, give me the vanilla. Load it. I'm, I'm going to say this too. Whipped cream needs help. Whipped cream by itself, nope, it needs help. <laughs> Bad. But you'll put it on a Sunday? I will put it on a Sunday. And this thing, Kevin, I think Sundays ain't nothing but a name of fudge overload. You can't, whoa, because I want to, listen, give me, some, give me a little fudge on top of the, uh, give me a little fudge on top of my, um, on top of my uh, vanilla. Then when you put, then when you get my whipped cream, give me some fudge. Now, when it comes to the nuts, I will take some peanuts. I, I, I don't really want no pecans and no cat. Give me some nuts on the top. But then, Give me a little more fudge. I don't like it when the person say, you know how a person say, hey, man, just tell me when. Yeah. And they kind of go like this. I ain't say when, bro. Keep, keep, keep going. Like, <laughs> you because, like, just yeah, like, like this. <laughs> like, you know, but no, I think, because it's the thing, Kevin, out of, out of all the, quote, desserts or sweets we eat, Sundays are the least. Like, you don't eat Sundays that much. True. So if you're going to do it. Do it. Like, hey, man, I ain't ate a Sunday in years. I'm, I'm due for one. So I, I would say I, I'm not big. Like, you're going to see, I'm not a cherry person. You know, people that go all crazy with it. I don't. My my, my daughter loves cherries. I'm not a cherry person, so you know, lot a lot of fudge, maybe some nuts and you know, whipped cream. I'm good. What about you, Kevin? Are you loading up on the top? No, I really I like. I, I I probably haven't had a hot fudge Sunday in a good long while. Oh, but I'd, I'd be pretty much with the straight vanilla, straight fudge. Just go after it. I'm not. I, I'm not big on. Peanuts and pecans and stuff in my ice cream. Yeah, I'm, 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 not, I'm, I'm not big. Not. I'm not good on pecans on nothing. I eat pecans by itself. Don't put it on my. If I catch you putting pecans on my ice cream, it's gonna be a problem, <laughs> bro. So it is. So you know, today hot fudge Sunday day. Hot fudge Sunday really, not not to categorize it, but hot fudge Sunday is more of a, a kid thing. Like kids love Sundays. They do. You know. So I mean, but it ain't nothing. Listen, ain't nothing is, wrong with it. That is true. That is true. Oh, Kids oh, are okay. more about we gotta it. Than- get, it's all you like, we got to go get Sunday. Yay! <laughs> and, 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 and you think we bad. Kids are rough. Kids want a lot of – kids want anything they see. Hey, give me a lot of the uh, – little bit of ice cream, a lot of a lot of whipped cream, a lot of fudge. That's, all the that's true. The last few times I've been with a kid, not even necessarily my own, but been around kids, like you go to the ice cream shop and they get to pick the toppings – 
you like look in that bowl and you go, what, what yeah, exactly. in the world oh, yeah, did do you not put look, in yeah. there? Yeah, I, t- I took my niece and nephews and my kids. I got gummy bears and nerds. No, I took and my kids <laughs> to like, you know, you know how they got the yoga places that you can just oh, make yeah, it yourself? Yeah. My nephew, they give you a big old cup. So in his mind, you got to fill it up. I said, boy, they going to weigh that. <laughs> and mind you, this, this thing is coming out of cup. Now, listen, listen. So I look at him and go, look at your cousins and look at you. What do you notice? He goes, listen, listen, listen. This is what he said. I said, what do you notice? He goes, they ain't built like me. No, no, you got too much, bro. This thing is... <laughs> When the lady looked at me, she's like, hey, it's okay. I'm like this. $20? You better eat it all. I'm just saying, man. Spoken, Show some restraint. Spoken like a true adult. You better eat all that. I'm paying. Listen, I'm I, just saying I ain't tucking my shirt in, though. Telling that. <laughs> That's take three. We do it each and every day this time. We got more to come. It is three and out. All across the Southern Pigskin Radio Network. Good to have you back. Here it is, three and out, all across the Southern Pigskin Radio Network. Kevin Thomas and Ben Troop, glad you were with us. Check us out on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube, as well as the Radio Network and on ESPNCoastal.com. You can catch the live audio stream of the show each and every day as well. Ben, we'll get to some uh, NFL thoughts here in just a little bit. But we go to the phones, and uh, let's go to, uh, to Grace, who joins us here on the show. Grace, welcome to three and out. How are you? I'm good. How are you guys? Oh, we are doing fantastic. Thanks for joining us. Um, okay, so I just have a survey question to ask. Probably has nothing to do with what you guys are talking about, but whatever. Um, so I have a survey question on Twitter, but I just needed some more, I need a bigger sample size, so I thought I would ask. Um, so my question to you and whoever in there that to ask also is, what is your favorite women's women's sport to watch, and why? Okay, I will. You want to go ahead, Ben? Oh, that's that's easy for me. I mean, uh, women's track and field to me has always been the best because I think what it does is a lot of times when you talk about you know Grace, when you talk about uh, men's and women's sports, which <clears throat> I think they do women a disservice by comparing them to men. You don't got to compare a woman to a man to get you to watch. I think what happens is though, track is the one thing to wear. You know, the men and the women are out there together, and you start seeing elite athleticism uh, from both sides to where you can just appreciate what it is. So, for me, I would, I would always say, uh, uh, you know, a women's uh, track and field because you get to see everything. I mean, you get to see the sprints. I mean, you get to see cross country. You get to see the field events. And some of the best track athletes on any campus are the women. And that's not to compare anybody. So, for me, Grace, I'm going to say women's track and field. All right, and for me, I would say I'm, um, I'm a baseball guy, so the closest thing to that is is softball. I do enjoy watching women's softball, the College World Series. I would say it's amazing to me because the dimensions they play, I don't know how anybody gets on base uh, half the time, but I will say because I'm a baseball guy, that's the closest thing uh, to baseball, and I do enjoy, uh, do enjoy watching that uh, whenever I have a spare moment from chasing my kids around. But I will say, I will say women's softball. Interesting. Softball's losing right now on my poll. Well, I mean, Grace, I can't help it if a lot of people don't know what they're talking about uh, when, when it comes to that. No, but look, it's it's each to their own. But I, I would say for me, that's, you know, just kind of it goes right in line with something I'm already interested in, which is, uh, you know, the game of baseball, softball. It's right there. So that would be my vote. Ben, ben obviously, if you don't know Ben, but he has a big affinity for track. So I think his answer uh, to me makes a whole lot of sense for him as well. That's awesome. So can I give you my Twitter so I can get people to vote? I have like two days for this. I have like a theory, but I'm not going to tell you my theory. Okay, do it real quick. Go ahead. All right. It's um, 
My name's Grace, and it's S-A-V-S-P-O-S. So, like, favorite. I'm not going to say the other part. So, S-A-V-S-P-O-S. Okay. Hey, that's a, hey, encourage people to take part in that poll. We appreciate the phone call. All right. Thanks. Hey, you're, hey, you're welcome. I, we always, hey, we're helping out the masses. Got stuff you want to get accomplished? Yeah, we'll, we'll help you out. Ben, I would say, like, just off of her question, I think a close second would for me would be t- women's tennis. I actually would say if I had to sit down and watch, I would rather watch women's tennis because I feel like the way the game is played is more appealing to watch, where the men's game, to me, in tennis is built on, I'm about to hit this thing 140, and you ain't going to see it. And if you do, okay, there may be a – there may be a not that the women aren't hitting as hard, but to me the women has more of a, we're going to volley back and forth, I'm going to set you up and make a play happen or make a move happen. Whereas the men's game to me is so much built around power and, hey, I'm just going to annihilate you on the serve. I understand they have volleys, but not as many seemingly. And when uh, guys are on their game, it's like, I don't know how you're hitting a 140-mile-an-hour serve anyway. So it is what it is, but that's just me. (laughs) High school, yes. I did play tennis in high school. Kevin, real similar is like a curve. Like if you've never sat in front of a curveball or a fastball, you sit in front of a serve, yeah. The only thing that the only thing you can see, oh, it's a little neon ball. Yeah, you can see it just go right by you, whether it's a, <laughs> whether it's the ladies or the men. And I think that sometimes it's just an appreciation, like softball. The fact that they can throw that thing, like, listen, man, that they got that they got that whip around. That thing is coming at you. So, hey, shout out to the ladies making making it happen. There I think go. too often the times we want to we're gonna free ourselves from comparison because ninety nine point nine percent of us cannot deal with them at all. We talk trash <laughs> from the stands. What we would do, yeah. We see a lot of folks striking out uh, when they go try to <laughs> yes. hit off the uh, uh, the fast pitch softball. Look, great question. Ben, I, I did want to transition to get your thoughts on something else that we've seen come around. Thoughts on Russell Wilson. Could happen with his deal. Saw a lot of it in Kyler Murray's deal. We certainly saw it in Deshaun Watson's deal. And that is, are we headed towards, because we see it in other sports, right? Baseball, fully guaranteed contracts. I signed a 10-year, $100 million deal. My knee goes one way, I go the other, can't play anymore. Oh, you're paying me my money, right? Are we getting to the point where if you're going to sign a quarterback, it's going to be a fully guaranteed deal? You hope so. And is that sustainable? Yes. Is that sustainable for football across the roster? Or is it, you say, hey, high high leverage positions maybe, but. No, no, Kevin, no, I will say this. And this has always been my pet peeve with the NFL. You always see these five-year deals. When last time? A person not able quarterback make it through the five-year deal. No. I think that if you wanted to guarantee contracts, people would get less money, which means you got an opportunity of signing everybody if you get less money. And all money ain't all money ain't seen the same. So if I want, if I'm a special teamer that I start all the time, like you know, uh Slater for um, you know, uh for the uh for the New England play, he might be the greatest special team of all time. If he says, I want a three-year, $10 million deal, fully guaranteed, not that and that's Give it to them. Cause look, quarterbacks are the quarterbacks are in a different stratosphere. We ain't even talking about them. Give them because they, they the seem to be the ones now where it's yes, like if like, you sign a quarterback, Kirk, Cousins, Kirk Cousins should have been the barometer for most quarterbacks because I think since Kirk Cousins has Kirk Cousins went uh you know he went rookie deal second year you know second year third year like a uh, minimum then he started doing franchise tags because they they drafted him the same time they drafted RG three so he went franchise tag franchise tag. Then I think I think he went out there to Minnesota and been playing for guaranteed money since then. You think Kirk Cousins? I don't care. Hey man, you only signed a three year, eighty million, fully guaranteed. Then, then I think he signed like a two year, fifty million, fully. And I think now he's on a one year deal. It makes sense, Kevin. Like, think about this. 
If they say, Ben, you only signed for 40, oh, I'm getting all 40. Get out my business. I think what it is is with these players is they've gotten so used to how it goes. They get caught up in the – those contracts are crazy. But I've heard you say that from – since you've been with us on the show, you have said, look, people get caught up in the total number. Yes. And this has been your, this has been your take since I've known you. People look at the big number. I look at the guaranteed number because yes. that's the only number that matters. He goes, yes. this is what makes the headlines. This is what they really want to pay. Yes. Right? So – could you do that? Because I know people say, well, what about the attrition rate? And because I, I think kind of the setup of the NFL, Ben, is, hey, why do I want to get locked into a guy who plays right tackle for a guaranteed deal? He blows out his knee and can't play anymore. And now I owe him the rest of his contract. What if that happens to eight, nine, ten guys across my roster? Now I'm paying 64 guys to play 54 guys, mm-hmm. and I still have to meet the salary cap. How's it possible? So you think, look. Less years, less money, but you could guarantee it all. Yes. I'm not crying poor for the NFL. Yes. I'm just saying we see it in baseball where you give a fully – obviously it's all fully guaranteed, but you give a huge deal and it cripples the franchise because they're giving you know 60% of their payroll to one guy. Could Is that sustainable in the National Football League if every contract was guaranteed? It's very sustainable. It's very sustainable because, Kevin, at the end of the day, you got 53 guys with 53 different you know contracts. I'm not counting your money. You ain't counting my money. We have, we 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 mean something different to the team. Obviously, a starting cornerback is not going to mean as much. But as But if a, I cut you, I don't want to pay you. Is exactly. Problem, but problem? that's the thing, right? That's the thing. Okay. If I know, if I say, listen, we don't got to do all this. I want eight million, right? If I got to get that in a two year deal, fully guaranteed, let's do it. Two years, eight million. Yes, that's eight million dollars. Well, that guy over there, I don't care what he got. It's about making sure because that's the thing. Players never, ever understand the contract negotiations. Like, dude, you've been in the league too long. Let's understand it. Because at the end of the day, Kevin, okay, Kevin Thomas, you know, you are, you know, starting fullback slash starting on all special teams, right? Well, you, you got different contributions. So if you go, what is a starting special team worth? A, 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 just like you got, you know, a, a standard when it, comes to, when it comes to the quarterback and what may have you, if they say, Kevin, man, we're going to give you, you know, three years, you know, 10 million. 10 million, what? Fully guaranteed. But what a pin at? See, I, I think we I think we get caught too much up in like you know nonsensical type things. No, people want their money, and how we get to it. Five year deals matter to people who are gonna be there for five years. Okay, Jalen Ramsey signed a five year extension. When it comes time for him to get the back end, watch you start hearing restructuring. They don't want to give that to these players. They kind of want you to be satisfied with the upfront money three years in, and they want to renegotiate. Because at the end of the day, Kevin, I'm giving you money to get a return on investment. If we ain't winning Super Bowls. And came but one do that. So I just think that, not, yes, you can do it, but unfortunately that makes too much sense, so it ain't going to happen. Look, I, I, I saw that, and they said, hey, maybe Russell Wilson's getting renegotiated into a, a uh, you know, fully guaranteed deal or a, a lot more guaranteed money. I'm like, that seems to be the way it's going, at least with quarterbacks. I would imagine left tackles are going to be next. Uh, you know, if you play one of those premier high-profile positions, de- defensive end, and you get up to, you know, you lead the league in sacks, you're going to ask for some guaranteed, a uh, big chunk of it guaranteed to come your way. I know people want the return on the investment. The beauty, I guess, for the owners and GMs is, hey, we gave you a lot of money. You're not performing. That's it. You're done. We can cut you, and you only get what you got. And and that's the end of it. I seem like seems like the NFL working towards more and more contracts being guaranteed across the board. We'll come back. we got more to come. It is three and out. Hit us up on Twitter at Pigskin Radio. We're streaming live as well, ESPNCoastal.com.
Good to have you back. Here it is, 3 and Out, on this Monday. Kevin Thomas, Ben Troop, glad you're making us a part of your day. Ben, we got a, a question uh, sent to us earlier today about the XFL had the big announcement over the weekend. There, there are eight cities yep. uh, that are going to be out there. And I uh, had a question. Uh, the XFL and the USFL competing to see who can blow the most money as the shortest sub-NFL league. Can you explain it? Uh, today, three teams in Texas... Yes, what the XFL did, uh, there was, uh, they looked at, I think, the AAF. Orlando was successful. Mm-hmm. Did it. Yep. San Antonio was successful. Grabbed it. Yep. All the teams that they already had, Seattle, St. Louis, D.C., Dallas, Houston, I think they were the biggest draws yep. of the previous XFL. So they're like, hey, we're going to go for where people, you know, show up to this thing. So yep. I will ask you that, though, Ben. Three teams in Texas. How will round three work here for the XFL? I think it's going to be incredible. Kevin, for two words. For two reasons and two words. Yeah, The Rock. Y'all got to start. Okay, when you start thinking about what it takes to do anything, what do, quote, wealthy people do? They sit back and say, okay, that worked, that worked, that worked, that worked. I right, let it fold. Kevin, it folds, right? I come in. Hey, whoa, before you hit bankruptcy, let me swoop that in for the cheap. Let me let me get that property for the cheap, right? You know, give, give me that, give me them trademarks, what may have you. But listen to these names, though. I'm sorry. Houston, Dallas, Arlington, San Antonio, right? Pro teams, fandom, tourism, fanatics. Got it. You start talking about Orlando. It, it, it doesn't get much more tourism. So think about that. You just happen to be in Orlando. Hey, man, what's going on today, man? It's a football game going on. Go on to the stadium, right? St. Louis then had a sports – then obviously got sports and then no football, no football there anymore. And they were you one of the biggest draws in the last generation of the – D.C., area. good God. D.C. needs anything to feel good about these days. Ben actually said he would bet on I the, would. the D.C. team over yeah, the Commanders. Yeah, the fact that one team could come up with a name and the other team just got a name. I'm still dealing with the Commanders. <laughs> and Seattle, right? Seattle is one of those destinations, Kevin, to where – you know, you know, nestled way, way, you know, in the, in the, you know, uh, in the Northwest. I, I think, I think, I think what, I think what the Rock has done is he's taking cities that are dying for anything. Because if you, if you've ever been to Dallas, all right, you ain't competing. You're competing in the spring. So I, don't, so all I'm competing with is, you know, media days, uh, pro days, and the draft. And the Rock knows everything is bigger in Texas. You want to give San Antonio finally got a sports team in football, and people say, "Why is that significant?" When the Raiders, when the then Oakland Raiders would decide where they were going to go, San Antonio was a destination spot. They end up in Vegas. So I, I just give, I just give, uh, I give the Rock and uh, Miss Garcia, they're gonna see a lot of credit. They, they did their homework. They saying, "Hey." Okay, Kevin, if you got a restaurant, where would you have rather have your restaurant in a town that has I don't know fifty thousand people? Or millions of people. Give me what the millions are, because that means that I, I got a better chance of watching this thing. So The Rock ain't crazy, man. The Rock goes, look, I don't got to be the best actor yet, but you coming to watch my movies, though. Right? What, what do The Rock do? I'm a, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a superhero. Right? I'm a talking dog. Right? I'm going to do anything. <laughs> really. I, I'm, I'm, I'm Maui. The Rock has understood that his name is so big that you're going to at least going to take notice of what he does. But, Kevin, they do their research. Right? He knows San Antonio. They got the Spurs, and now they got the XFL team. Dallas, okay, they got the Mavs, right? Obviously, I think they're they got calling the it Arlington, but I mean, yeah, come Arlington, on. come on, and, and obviously Houston. I mean, yeah, the Roughnecks were a great draw. You know, uh, so, last time. so, hey, shout out! Listen, shout out to the XFL. I think that 
The USFL knew, hey, man, why we got a shot to get it going? The XFL said, no, we coming. Every, Kevin, you don't know how good you are until competition is out there with you. The Rockers already got on the Smedium at Jackson State doing like a, a combine. <laughs> you know, he got to show off the guns. What's the purpose of having the guns if you're going to show them off? But shout out to the XFL. I mean, shout out to people like Anthony Beck and Reggie Barlow, you know, uh, and, and uh, they got, you know, Heinz Ward, you know, uh, Rod Woodson. Look at the names. They got in this thing. They actually so they, said something interesting, Ben. I, I get your take because we kind of made, I say made fun of, but uh, we kind of questioned the USFL saying, look, everything's in Birmingham. Mm-hmm. You're like, if you're for a quote fan of Pittsburgh, but they never play in Pittsburgh, like they don't even practice in Like we, the XFL, from what I understand, has floated the idea of having all the teams practice in one location. And then when it comes time for game day, they fly to their respective cities. So like, Everybody's housed in one area, and then when it comes time to play, the Seattle team will fly to Seattle, with, and whoever they're going to play will also yeah. fly to Seattle, and they'll play there. Do you like? I mean, is that is that flies? That no pun intended. Does that work? Uh, it's like you you have no affiliation with the city till you show up on game day, and then you leave again. I mean, is, it, is that a good idea? It's not. It's not, Kevin, because you know the one the one thing about it is you know, Kevin, when we when we ask you why you like the Braves, yeah, you know, obviously you grew up you know in Gwinnett, but the thing about it is is it's a deeper it's fandom is a deeper affiliation to just okay the guy show up and leave like no man I you know I mean you know depending on where you live they live yeah, here man, yeah yeah, they, yeah man I you know my kids went to the same school as so and so's kids or I was in the supermarket that's what makes it not that who are you again oh yeah it's because Kevin you know <laughs> when I was with the Titans the, when the Titans first got to uh, Tennessee um, I think they were in Memphis and then they end up like in they ended up in Nashville because they were trying to find a home so you got Memphis that, you know. Close to Arkansas, and obviously you got Tennessee, you know, uh, on East Coast time. So you say we're gonna settle in the middle of Nashville. They do this thing called Titans Caravan, where they go all around the state, making it so that look, let, let's let's you know, and go five seven to you know all of Nashville, you know, uh, Southern Kentucky, you know, uh, North Georgia, things of that nature. Just trying to make sure people know who we are. You going they're gonna have to do that. And when I first did Titans Caravan, I'm like, man, I ain't getting paid for this. They go, yes, they do. They do pay you for this. They do. Yeah, oh, when they come to the game, I can go overnight then. <laughs> but no, I, I do think that building building up that community love is what they're gonna what they're gonna have to get. Cause Kevin, like I said, you you got the spring to get right, and you know the Rock ain't playing that stuff though, man. The Rock is like, look, Rock, I get out there, I shake hands, I kiss babies. Y'all gonna have to do the same thing. Cause until they know you without your helmet off, they don't know you. That is the one thing you got to know. If the Rock walked through here right now, I'm like, that's the Rock. We ain't gonna say is that him. <laughs> Now we're gonna think is he lost, but then we go, hey, come on over here, man. Let me holler. Let me holler. Yeah, gonna, let me holler at you. We're gonna bring you on the show for a minute. Absolutely. Or, or, or 20. Now we got more to come. Ben, I want to come back. I want to get to something else around uh around football I just saw. And I want to get your thoughts on it as a football player. If you knew this about one of your teammates, how that would fly. We'll get to that next. It's three and out on the Southern Pigskin Radio Network. Great to be back here on this Monday. Kevin Thomas, Ben Troop. Glad you are with us. Ben, I wanted to ask you about this as an NFL guy. Uh, as a, a player who's obviously been around multiple personalities, uh, it, not people with multiple, but you've been around multiple personalities in the locker room. You understand, obviously, the treatment that a Steve McNair gets versus the treatment a Billy Volick gets yep. uh, in, in, the, uh, in the locker room and by management. But I want to ask you about this. So you're in the league. Your starting quarterback gets a new contract. 
We'll call him Kyler Murray because this really happened. $230 million contract. And multiple reports out today that say there is a, an addendum that requires four hours of independent per game, uh, independent study per game week, i.e., Kyler, we're going to need you to at least study four hours on your own each and every week we get ready uh, for the game. Do you need that in writing for your starter quarterback? Like, if that has to be put in writing, should that be concerning to you? Yep. Because this is the thing, Kevin. I signed three contracts now the National Football League. I signed my rookie year contract. I signed a contract with the Bucks. I signed a contract with the Raiders. They didn't put no stipulations in it. They didn't give you a homework clause? No. Nope. <laughs> ben, we need you to no, we need you to sign this. They just went through the record. And 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 see, when people and for those people who don't think that's a problem, that means that he's probably not doing it. That means that they're tracking you, Kyler. That means that any reason for us to get this money back, we're gonna give you this bread, you're gonna get this money back. Think about this for a second. A work week in the NFL usually starts on Monday. You come in, you watch the film, you get a lift in, and then you go home. Tuesday is off. You can literally get all four hours in on Tuesday. <laughs> literally. Then you got Wednesday, then you got Thursday, then you got Friday. Guess who's in the quarterback room with you? You and the quarterback's coach. Just going over tape. See, this is the thing. Kyler Murray is a unique talent. For those people saying, well, how did he get the money that he get? How the hell Kirk Cousins got the money he got? Kirk Cousins never don't, – don't get me started when it comes to the money. Kevin, whenever they got to start doing extra stuff for your contract, they're trying to get that money from you. They're trying to see how serious you are. Because if you don't think they want to get that money back from you, you better guess again. I didn't have that kind of stuff in my contract. So for Kyler – it is, it is a little it, – it's not concerning. It's just like, what are you doing, Kyler? Because it's the thing, Kevin. Kyler Murray, right? When does Kyler Murray play his best? When the season first starts, he's all over the field. And them, and, and, and them last six, seven games of the year, he'll taper off. So something's going on in this meeting room saying – basically the quarterback coach saying, I don't know what the hell he's doing. Because in the meeting room with me, he know what he's doing. When that little bobblehead get out there on Sunday, I don't know what he be doing. So I – I just think I'm just saying, but if you were sitting in the team going, wait a minute, they got to tell the starting quarterback he's got to do extra work. Like, isn't that known? Like, pick a quarterback. No, right? Think, like, whether you're talking. No, I, to, think, I think what it is, Kevin, is you get you get known by you get known by the collective, not the individual. Meaning, they go look at what you know. Tom Brady used to sit there. Him and him and Bill Belichick got to, Hey man, let's go over some meeting. You know, it's like they want you to be that. But I'm like, I'm saying that. But is, like, is Andy Reid like tracking down Pat Mahomes, saying Pat? We need you to watch game film. Mm-mm, we need you to study. Because Pat Mahomes is going to Super Bowls. Pat I'm, Mahomes. I'm saying, but you don't think Pat Mahomes was putting in that work? Yeah. I don't know that he was. Well, wasn't. Well, I'm let, just saying. Let me say this. I don't, you know, you're right. I don't but know. I would assume but if you want to Super Bowl, he probably thing, was. This game. <laughs> as long as he balling on Sunday, do you care? As, as, as long as one guy, right, was the number one overall pick, how many playoff games he won? Zero. Other guy, right, didn't start when he first got in the NFL, and when he did, he won the MVP. Then he went to the Super Bowl, won Super Bowl MVP, went to back-to-back Super Bowls. So one guy signed a 15-year extension, <laughs> and he puts ketchup on his steak. As long <laughs> as he went, I don't care. That's uh, Kyler Murray, Kevin, I mean, you knew he was going to get his money, won the Heisman, all that, you know, this and the third, you know, offensive rookie of the year. Kevin, if it's in the contract, that means they're watching you, Kyler. And they go Well, say, your Ky- first question to me was, how are they going to enforce that? Oh, and I'm oh, like, oh, somebody's oh, going to find oh, out. Oh, oh, trust me, trust me. Trust me, let me tell you something. When you're in college and it's a home game, you got to stay at the hotel. You know why? Because they don't trust them. <laughs> they know, hey, 
A bunch of 18 the 24 year olds got to make it to the game on time. Oh, they gonna make it to the game. Mm-hmm. And it smelled like the liquor store up in the <laughs> up, 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 up in the freaking locker room. You, they don't trust us, Kevin. And guess what else you have to do in the league? Grown men making money. Guess what you gotta do on home games? Stay at the hotel. They don't trust us. With a curfew, huh? Like, hey, hey, Ben, what? No, no, come out the bed. I gotta see your face. Okay, I'm telling you, Kevin. They don't trust us, Kyler. They don't trust you. So if you don't want to put in the four hours, if you lose money because you ain't watched four hours of film, I got a fresh bottle of baby powder for you. That's crazy. That <laughs> I, just no wanted, I, I just wanted, like I said, that's not something I've ever seen at no, the no, pro no, no, no. was Like oh, they are, oh, oh, Kevin, they are you, paying you, if you to dive play football. Into somebody, think about this, though, Kevin. They know everything about you. Ke- All right, this is Kevin Thomas, owner of play, of, of Team X, and you want to draft me, being you by the Swainsboro, Georgia. You gonna know everything about me. But this is what you really want to know. How can I get some of my money back? What do you mean? Let's put stuff in there that he, that he has vices with, stuff he don't want to do. Why would you do that? What do you mean? I just said if he don't do it, but he doesn't do it. He didn't do it in college. I know. Yeah. So if he want to mess with my money, I get my money back. <laughs> just saying. I just, like I said, I've never heard of that with a quarterback. But when Donovan McNabb signed his $100 million contract, he said one of the causes was he got to play special teams. When last time we seen the starter quarterback play special teams? They gonna do what? What do they gotta do to get to that hundred million? Kyler, yeah, four hours. Sit there, look. Yeah. That's ridiculous. I've just never seen a clause written into a contract. Kevin, that's basically like, we donated, need you to get better. If the, if the money was getting donated to, to, to the law office of Trooper Thomas, <laughs> I, I, don't do it, Kyler. You, you ain't did it this long. We'll, we'll put the check in the mail. <laughs> <laughs> I look. What other? I mean, seriously. Name another quarterback in the NFL. Does Lamar Jackson have a study clause in his contract? No. But, I, mean, na- I mean, name a good – now, you could go to me and say, hey, if you're on a bad team, we yeah. might need to make sure. Oh, no, 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 no. But I mean – No, no. Let's, let's stop getting out of it. Let's stop stopping the thing. They don't want to pay you anything. They don't want to pay <laughs> you that money. How can we recoup it? Say so he got to watch four hours of film. But he don't watch film. He don't watch film at all. I know. <laughs> he got to do it here. And if we send tapes at home, he got to tell us what's on the tapes. Uh-oh. What's on? Yeah, mm-hmm. it's kind of weird. Again, it again, is. as a team, you give him a whole all that money. Yep. And you have questions about. I, I don't know. Would you call that a commitment issue? No, like, no. are you committed enough to win? Or we have to are write you? into your contract. Uh, uh, listen, uh, if you watch four hours of film a week, that's what. That's 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 what nineteen times four, whatever that is. I right? we don't do math on this show. That's, <laughs> it's, it's nineteen weeks. It's you know because it's eighteen weeks. But in that the season. would be the bare minimum. Mm-hmm. Like, obviously, and there it is. The bare, if you can't do the bare minimum. You don't deserve that cheese. So a lot of people are looking at the Cardinals going, why would you give him $250 million if you don't think he studies enough? They said, oh, no, no. We and, give and him if you're Kyler Murray, why would you sign a contract? He, we have says, $160 million guaranteed, and some of that guaranteed money might be coming back if you don't, if you don't act right. Better hit those <laughs> digital books. <laughs> Ky- or, well, I, don't, I mean, he they don't really a, have a playbook he anymore. Get, he like better in, get a stunt double. <laughs> <laughs> Well, again, again I, I think you give him that much money yeah. if, if the Cardinals don't make the playoffs mm-hmm. two, three years in a row. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. As you said, Ben, you're number one overall pick. Yep. And we just wrote a homework clause into your contract. Does that look, does that look worse on the club for having to do that or the player that the club would ask for for that to be in there? The player? Because you, you, if, if we really get a dive into somebody, you would laugh at some of the stuff you see. And guess what? They ain't putting it there because they think you're going to do it. They put it there because they know you ain't going to do it, and you're going to get that money back. Watch. <laughs> so you say at some point there will be a story saying 
The Cardinals have recouped Kevin, have you million. ever heard of a player saying, I guarantee there is no way this guy did this again? It's him again. <laughs> I'm telling you, you will be laughing. It's him. We got, we got more to come. Final hour coming up around the corner. We lead you up to Braves and Phillies. It is three and out all across the Southern Pigskin Radio Network. We're streaming live ESPNCoastal.com. Good to have you back. Final hour. Kevin and Ben here with you on three and out, leading you up to the Braves and the Phillies. Ben, Falcons camp opens up on Friday there in Flowery Branch. Haven't heard about any homework clauses for Marcus Mariota. I think the whole team probably needs to have a homework clause. He ain't lying. All y'all come <laughs> to the house. Everybody on the whole roster. <laughs> yeah. But what's the big, uh, big storyline starting on Friday there with the Atlanta Falcons as you see it? Obviously a team with a lot of questions, a team with a lot of problems, uh, a team with some what they think are good young players. Uh, I would still say Terry Fontenot, Arthur Smith. You hit on Kyle Pitts. Who else are you going to hit on in a draft going into year two? I think we got some big questions out there for the Atlanta Falcons team when they get started on Friday. Okay, well, I think you make a good point when you talk about that 20, that 2021 draft class. I mean, outside of a, you know, Kyle Pitts, who had a banner year, you know, as far as like stats, you know, where are the other contributions from the 2021 class? I think you're going to have to get some key contribution for your 2020. I'll take a step further. What about the 2020 class? Marlon Davidson. Like, what are you going to get out of him? A guy that, you know, second round pick out of, you know, out of Auburn. Haven't really seen much of him. But I think this is going to, this is going to be about can these veterans lead a very, very young team. Right? I mean, I, I, you know, I start thinking about sometimes when you look at guys like Lorenzo Carter. All right, he's going into year, he's going into year six. Hasn't really done that much in the league right now. You know, can he go out there and be an alpha dog for a defensive line that's very, very young, very, very inexperienced, not, not a lot of production, right? Can A.J. Terrell be the leader? I mean, even though he's going, you know, even though he's very, very young, can he be a leader of a young secondary that they say, you know, when you, they say the secondary is supposed to be like one, you know, one of the key cogs of this entire defense. But let's call it what it really is. The talking point when it comes to the training camp is, what is this offense going to look like? Because, see, you, now you, you look more like the Hawks when you walk out there. 6'4", 6'5", 6'6". All right. You got a 6'5", 6'6", tight end. You got a 6'4", receiver, you know, in, you know, uh, in Drake London. You got a 6'4", 6'5", receiver in Tate. You got a 6'3", receiver, in, you know, in, uh, in Brian Edwards. You got a 6'2", receiver slash, uh, you know, running back in Cordell Patterson. Are y'all just for looks or y'all for keeps, as my coach would say? Y'all look the part. Are y'all the part? Because, Kevin... You got a dual threat quarterback in Marcus Mariota, a guy that can get it with his arms, get it with his, you know, get it, you know, get it with his legs. You got a guy in Kyle Pitts who, is, to me, is already a top five, you know, uh, top ten at worst, top five at best, uh, tight end in the National Football League. You got, you got, but but the thing is, who is Arthur Smith? Because all indicators twenty twenty one don't give you a lot of, lot of, you know, a lot to ride home about. How does how does he use? These starters in training camp. This time last year, they don't play in no games. If they do get in, they get in very sparingly. How does he go about training camp in 2022 that what he didn't do in 2021? I mean, I honestly think, Ben, I mean, if I'm Arthur Smith, you have to, and I know you were coming off of COVID yeah. and all that, but I think if you're Arthur Smith, you have to reevaluate how you worked preseason last year because there was no question Matt Ryan didn't play. I think Kyle Pitts played what, like eight plays? If that, yes. In, in three games total. Yeah. And – I don't think Jake Matthews played in preseason. Nobody of consequence played in preseason. And to me, they weren't going to be a great team regardless, but they came out so flat early in the year. And as you said, towards the end of the year, started to play a little bit better, knocked the Saints out of the playoffs. 
how much did you miss? I mean, Mike Davis did not play in the preseason. He was your big offseason pickup, going to be the running back. Correll Patterson going to be a guy that moves around. Mike Davis was awful, so much so that he's not even on the team. Right? I mean, so I think if I'm Arthur Smith, you have to reapproach how you work the preseason. Again, I'm not saying Marcus Mariota needs to be out there and play four quarters every single preseason game, but you got to play more than zero. Right? And obviously, you might, you're probably going to have to do that just out of necessity. I don't know if Matt Ryan was coming back, if maybe things would, wouldn't be the same. But to me, ben, you, you can't say that there was some effect, there was no effect on the fact that most of your, quote, starters and star players did not play in the preseason. Th- to me, I thought that was a big blunder early in the year with a new, with a new coach, new scheme, mm-hmm. new way of doing things. And you, you basically came in and were the player's coach, which I understand, but no, no reps in a game? And I know you had, what, inter-squad scrimmages, yeah. things like that. To me, there's, there's still nothing like rolling out yes. in the stadium, playing yes. game, full-on. These inter-squad scrimmages, you know this, they don't play straight up. Hey, we're going to put the ball on 20 and work red zone. We're going to put – like, go out and play the game and see what you have. And I thought that was a colossal miss – by that Falcons coaching staff last year. And, uh, again, I want to see a lot of Marcus Mariota in the preseason. And if not, I, you better treat your, the rest of your guys, uh, you know, like like they could be starting, right? I, I, I just look at it and say, I need to see all I can of all my quarterbacks. Marcus Mariota, all, all of them, right? I, I just I think that was a big miss, last year by that whole staff. And it, to me, it kind of shows in the fact that here we are a year later, Ben, and you're talking about one guy from that draft class that did anything of note. One guy. And he scored one touchdown as your primary pass catcher. <clears throat> yeah. So that, that, to me, says all you need to know right there. I want to see a lot of Desmond Ritter, but I want to see a lot of Marcus Mariota. So... We'll see if uh, Arthur Smith kind of tweaks that, but to me, it's all eyes to me are on that defense and Marcus Mariota. And as you said, I think the jury's still out on Arthur Smith because I, yeah. I, 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 I think there were some things that could have been better last year. And so far, your draft picks, we'll see. You got a new crop, uh, yeah. a new crop mm-hmm. of uh, of draft picks, <clears throat> but you better hope Drake London and some of these guys pan out, or you could be s- sitting there looking at two years of. So in two years, we had two guys pan out? Or I say pan out, two years of two guys that produced? That's not going to get it done. It's not. And, uh, you know, the, the Richie Grants of the world, we're going to have to see what they can do. I mean, he wasn't a key contributor becoming being a second-round pick out of UCF in 2021. Uh, does Casey Hayward still have something left in the tank? Uh, you know, uh, former you know, all-pro cornerback. Tease Tabor coming over uh, from the Detroit Lions. Does he have something left in the tank, maybe playing in uh, either the backup role at cornerback or uh, in the slot? You know, and the thing about it is, too, Kevin, uh, the two things we ain't talking about enough, the 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 lifeblood of any NFL team that, that has, you know, any type of stability in the National Football League, O-line play and D-line play, it's going to come down to the trenches. The tre- I mean, Desmond Ritter, Marcus Mariota, Jake Matthews, the company going to have to protect them. We talking about the D-line, Lorenzo Carter, you know, Ebagiti, you talk about, you, I mean, you talk about those guys, you talk about Marlon Davidson. I mean, I, I you know, you're talking about, you know, Grady Jarrett and company. Kevin? I don't care how good you are on the outside. I don't care how much flash you got. 
if the sizzle is on the outside, you better be, it better be the steak on the inside because I because it doesn't matter with all these six four six five six six. If Marcus Mariota is looking at the ceiling of the Mercedes Benz, that ain't good. If the opposing quarterback just sit back there in the pocket and just pick you apart, it ain't gonna matter that you got AJ Terrell. So I think that for much that we want to talk about, you know, the receivers, the running backs, Marcus Mariota, D line play, O line play. Because Kevin, you're gonna have to have, unfortunately, until for defense, when you're trying to figure out what your offensive identity is, you're gonna have to keep teams in games. I mean, you're gonna have to get some three and out. Or at least get off the field on third <laughs> I mean, down. And that's the thing, right? Once again, when you tell me I know where to go, but up, go look at defensive stats as far as like against the run and against the pass. I seen the, you seen the Falcons in both. Yeah, they're that's all bad. Got, that's got to improve. So I just I just think that I know it's about the quarterbacks, Desmond Ritter, Marcus Mariota, Arthur Smith, you know, but O line, D line, they're gonna have to come together in a hurry because if they can, you know, especially the D line, because Kevin, if Atlanta has had a problem even since the Michael Vick, the Deion Sanders days, it's it's the D line. You're gonna have to get quality D line play. No, 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 no. You're gonna have to get sustainable D line play, efficient D line play, consistent D line play, and if you could do that, it might be, you know. It's, I heard I heard uh, Warren Sapp, he said, the lone wolf dies alone, man. You got the 100 packs. Y'all got to do it as a, as a unit, and if they can do that, I'm not saying it's going to help them win games because, Kevin, you know, in a losing effort, it's how you look well, in a I losing understand. effort. And I'm not saying I'm not putting no, nothing on nobody yet. I just think that, once again, I don't see you doing much with them boys from Tampa, maybe even New Orleans. Can you beat Baker Mayfield and company in Carolina? I'm just saying. It's just- well, I mean, I, I look at the defense, and you, you can sell me on the fact that your best players all play defensive back, and nobody in the front seven are helping them out. And to me, that's a bad combination. I'd rather have adequate DBs and great front seven play because I think, as we've seen, Ben, great front seven play can make adequate DBs look really, really good, not the other way around. Well, I mean, yes. I, so, I mean I, that to me is also concerning on the Falcons. Like, hey, our best players on defense are our corners. Yep. Yikes. Yeah. Like, I mean, like, I'm not saying that's bad for those guys, but it, that yeah. means, hey, if my best players right now are my corners, that means they better be in good shape. The highest rate, because, the, high, the highest rate, I mean, not, not to use Madden ratings as the barometer, but the highest rating Madden, uh, the highest rating for a cornerback is Jalen Rams. He's at a 98. Well, number 99 for Florida Rams is a 99 on Madden. Coincidence? I, I don't think so. If I got a guy that you can't block on the interior defensive line, that means I don't got to cover that long. That means I can keep my eyes on the quarterback while I'm looking at the receiver. Make sure nothing cheap, nothing deep. Backs against the wall. But, Kevin, you know just like I know. D. Orlando, you know we coming at you, homie. You know we coming to holler at you. We're going we're gonna to let you settle in for about a week or so, and we're going to see what type of news coming out of Flower Yeah, Brothers. I mean, I, to me, it's defense, 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 and how does he utilize uh, those guys? I know Daryl said uh, last year he didn't think it was that big of a deal that the Stars didn't play. Like, hey, that's just a coach protecting his star players. I, 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 I think you can look at that clearly and say that was a mistake. Uh, new, 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 new team, new scheme. I don't know, Ben. I don't know anybody that's gotten better by not playing. Kevin, I know it's preseason. Kevin, you know what you know, but you know it's, what it is though. If if Arthur Smith, he's not going to have a good year in year two. <clears throat> Let's call it what it is. When Arthur Smith got hired as the head coach at Atlanta, that was a big head scratcher, right? Big head scratcher because he came over from a Tennessee Titans team that had a two thousand yard rusher. Well, okay, Derrick Henry was still top ten in, in rushing last year. He missed most of the year. So Derrick Henry has been one of the best running backs since that, high school. And that guy literally is a, a one freak man because band. you can't. Yes. Because you can't – there's nobody – I mean, yes. the only guy I could think of that even came close 
to that would be what a Brandon Jacobs. Yeah, where you and he was like two fifty, two sixty. Andy George, who played also played for the Titans. No, I'm saying, but I'm talking about yeah, in terms yeah, of size, yeah. speed. Yeah, and I, you can't that you you can't do. That's like saying, hey man, I got Calvin Johnson. If I can just get me a Calvin Johnson guy, I'll be awesome. Well. I, I said, hope so. I said, well, I know, I, a dude, so. I know a dude named Calvin Johnson. <laughs> I, I don't know if he looked like that. And that's the thing, right? Like, stop making it so the guys that do it the greatest ever. But if I could just get, no, they're rare. Like, you went, like, I mean, I've been going to the store. I've been trying to find a Calvin Johnson. Every store, they sold out. It was only one of them. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. It yeah, went they, off the shelf get, real quick. Yeah, yeah. They didn't mass produce Calvin Johnson dolls. Like, it was one. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Derrick Henry. Hey, yeah, I would love it if my running back was 6'2", 250 yeah, also. Some, somewhere, that would a, be awesome. Somewhere there's a, there's a college football fan base saying, if I could just get us to Nick Saban. Yeah, <laughs> of course. <laughs> what are we? <laughs> right now there's one. Yes. And maybe a junior if you count Kirby and Smart. he's not going to coach. You're like, I ain't doing I ain't following that legacy. Yeah. I mean, I, look, I, I, I think this is an interesting year for Arthur Smith. I'm interested to see how he does. Uh, handle the preseason here with this Atlanta Falcons team. We got more to come here on this Monday. It is three and out all across the Southern Pigskin Radio Network. Love to hear from you. Hit us up on Twitter at Pigskin Radio. We are streaming live ESPNCoastal.com and on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Good to have you along. Here it is, three and out. Kevin and Ben, glad you're making us a part of your day. Thanks, Coach Rick. They're bringing us back as college football. The countdown is on, Ben. We'll have college football in mere weeks. Actually, but what, next week we'll start seeing some practices uh, rolling back out for those teams that are uh, going to be playing week zero. And then right after that, pretty much everybody else will be back at it within 14 days. So uh, it is about to be wide open when it comes to college football kevin the rubber about to meet the road if you are scared stay inside <laughs> it ain't for the week i want to stay inside just because it. it's hot outside <laughs> <laughs> we got let's go to the phones here quickly you got our uh our buddy ac joining us here ac what's up good afternoon thank you so much for taking my call I'll appreciate it super duper i'll make a super duper quick for you let me let me put you guys in the spot let me see how smart you guys are and we can revisit in october the toughest question is, what is most, most likely to happen? Max and the Braves, would end up, one of them would end up with a batch record in the, uh, in the National League, or Houston Astros wins the whole thing. Which one is more likely to happen? In my opinion, I think, safest bet, your Atlanta Braves will be more likely to have the batch record. Let's face it, the New York Mets, they know how to talk like a dog. I mean, your Braves will be second. My, and my third prediction will be the Dodgers because they know how to talk like a dog real good. Reaction. Thank you so much. Hey, appreciate the phone call. Look, I, I think the Braves have a better chance of finishing with, if you're talking about just chance, finishing with the best record mm-hmm. in the, uh, the National League than I think the Astros of winning it all. I, not that I think the Astros no. can't win it all, but <laughs> what? What is, was oh, those Yankees is, are pretty good. I mean, sell on trash cans this year? Because, <laughs> Kevin, Kevin I'm, I'm serious. I'm serious. I, I was so wondering what you were doing. I'm, I'm serious, though, Kevin. When you talk about Astros, right, if you were an Astros fan, right, do you spend every day getting arguments with people saying, well, bro, like, how good were they? Were, good, were they? Because making it to the, you know, making it to the world, see, you got to win it, right? Like, do the Astros 
have to win one fair and square to forget to get people to get up. Because I mean, I will say this to you, Yankees fans. It's been a while, 2009, long time. Popping bottles with playing games. <laughs> Houston, without listen, Houston without the trash cans, you got a big problem. I'm always pick the Braves only because they're. I mean, yeah, you got the evil empire. Yes, Houston gonna be good, but I just think the Braves, Kevin. They, it's like even even in a quote year to where they're not tops in the division. They won their game and a half out, seven and a half games up. So they're gonna get in either way. But I still think it's gonna be a battle to the finish. Yeah, I got. I'll go with them Braves. I'm not. I, I would say you basically asked AC if I would take Houston or the field. Uh, when it comes to World Series, I'd take the field. I think the Absolutely. Yankees are good. I think, uh, boy, just the top three teams in the American League East, the Rays, the Blue Jays, they're all pretty good. Yeah. Uh, they could win it. Uh, Seattle went into the was, was the preseason rankings had to raise, had to, I mean, had, to, had Toronto doing like some big things yeah. uh, this year, right? Yeah, they're still a very, very good team. I think the Braves, if they overtake the Mets, have a great chance to have the best record in the National League along with, uh, you know, the Dodgers are going to be in that running as well. So, uh, I look at the Braves having a great chance of doing that, and look, I think the way they're playing, they've had over the course of the last 40, 45 games, the Braves have had one of the best records, if not the best record in Major League Baseball over that span. I don't see that slowing down. I mean, they took two out of three from the Angels. Not a great team, admittedly, but Shohei Otani looked like a dude. He was a dude until who, 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 I mean, I, I'm not saying whoever's over that uh that 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 camera when he first walked out, I was like, hey, somebody kept saying, That's a bad man. Oh, That's a is, bad, uh, look, bad man walking right there. It says all you need to know about Shohei Otani when people are like, Well, how big of a draw is it? Like the Braves are defending World Series champs. They have a good team. People have been showing up. The most attended three game series of the season at Truist Park was when a last place team came to visit, and that was this weekend with the Angels. Why? Otani. I mean, had Mike Trout been there as well, whoa, I think about whoa. it. But, I mean, look, the dude is an amazing guy. He, Friday night, if you couldn't appreciate Now, the Braves finally got him, but through, what, six innings, it, they it, couldn't do anything. Not, I'm talking about it's like. Yeah, you're like, this guy is pitching a gym. And then he came out one more, Braves jumped on him. Hey, I'll take it. But you saw what kind of talent. And, like, uh. I think one of the Braves commentators, I heard him say, look, the beauty of that series for Atlanta was Otani was Otani, and his team still didn't win. Like, he went out, he balled out. He pitched great up until the last inning. Unfortunately, the Braves didn't need to score very many to win uh, for him that night. Charlie Morton also pitched well. Otani hit a bunch of solid balls, had a rocket shot home run. That's what you want to see as a hitter. You saw him pitch well, hit well. His team didn't win but one game out of of the three. So, uh, Largest attendance over three-game span this year at, at Truist Park was while the Angels were in town. They're in last place. Shohei Tani, man, that dude can move the needle. Kevin, that's why I mean, I, I, like I say, I know, I know. On Friday, the big talking point was trade deadline approaching, fastly sure. approaching. Do you do you do do you do a rent a Shatani for two months? Well, I mean, I misread the contract. You get him for a year and a half, or a Whoa. year and two months, Whoa. but. Whoa. That's a guy that is going to want huge bank. I think oh, one I mean, year's I mean, I mean, can, 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 can Anthopolis, like Anthopolis, them know. I don't know. You, I don't no, know I'm just saying, Kevin, you know, just like I know, that's time to listen to me. What? Um, just hear us out. Li- just hear us out. Listen, don't let the whole Freddie Freeman thing get to you. Just make sure your agent will tell you when you have a deal yeah, that's yeah. actually been, uh, 
Yeah, agent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Being an agent one on one. Yeah, tell your client. Yes. Uh, if this, I don't know. Like, uh, did they, did they, did they send a, did they send a like a like a return off? Yeah. Is it all? Yeah. Did they say this is as good as it's gonna get, or do we go back with another one? Did, I did, you, did you did you tell did you tell him that we gave him a counter offer? I, I think he was asleep. <laughs> what? I texted him. Did you? I texted the wrong number. But yeah, I mean, look, I I I thought. For a weekend series, that was unbelievable. That was. That was. Otani did what Truist he did. was rocking. And the Braves still were able to, uh, to get a big win. I will say, uh, Adam Duvall out. Where do you go? I think that that kind of offers itself up to move. You look at the lineup tonight. You've got Marcelo Zuna playing left field. Yikes. Yikes. Uh, it, it could get interesting uh, out there in left field. I think you got to make a move to get a bat. We've heard you know, uh, Andrew Benintendi out in Kansas City might be a name. Uh, that could come in and, and get that done. I think pitching-wise, Ian Anderson hasn't looked terrific. He had a better first part of July. His start yesterday was not good. Uh, you, I mean, the news on Mike Soroka doesn't sound like he's coming back uh, this year. You're going to get Kirby Yates, who is tearing up the minor leagues right now in his rehab assignment. He's going to come back and join the bullpen. I think that makes you better. But I tend to lean towards bit. Get you a left fielder, more starting pitching, which you know you're going to need yes. uh, come postseason because you would say if it started right now, you'd want Freed, you would want uh, you know Charlie Morton. That's why he's there. Then where would you go? Right. right now, would you feel good with Ian Anderson? It, yeah, Kyle Wright. I guess it would be Kyle Wright. Would you feel good if you had to go to Ian Anderson in a long series? Would you feel good about Spencer Strider two months from now knowing he's 50 innings past what he's yeah. ever pitched his life at a di- – and you say, uh, well, 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 what, Kevin, the deal, what difference is that? He's a young, he's, he throws 100. Like, uh, the more innings you throw, yeah. like, your arm is going to get tired at some point. I, I, and you I will say this, Kevin. I, I, I will use Ian Anderson's postseason experience with, with, with uh, other Braves. They, they, like you say, the good thing about going to the postseason every year, guys get postseason experience. Ian Anderson is a mu- obviously much better playing the yeah, postseason. Yeah, the resume says he'll be fine. Yeah. I get it. But I think I think that we but like you said, you I'm going off of what you've done for me lately. I'm not taking away previous contributions. I think Kyle Wright would be uh, you know, the third starter and, and strider. I mean, I, I don't know how you manage that, but look, I mean, throwing a hundred miles an hour is a beautiful thing to have. It's just how do you use them? Because like you say, the postseason roster isn't the same as the regular season roster. Yeah. So who do you take? Who do you it's it's gonna it's gonna be you know, I mean, uh obviously Snit. And then Thabla's already talking about it now, but I think that's why you add another, you add another uh, pitcher, you know, you add another starter or a bullpen piece, you add a left left fielder because think about it, Thabla's, hey man, you you were the freaking trade deadline wizard last year, hundred yeah, percent. I mean, but we'll see what happens this year. Yeah, look, and again, I, that's the other part that makes me as a GM, you can't think this way, obviously, but that's the other part that makes me a little nervous, Ben, because it's like you hit on everything, yeah, like. Everything like you, you needed emergency catching. You got Kevin Smith before he tore his knee up, and he actually gave you something in the short term. Jock Peterson, Jorge Soler, uh, you didn't know what you were going to have in Eddie Rosario. He comes back in September and plays great and gets an MVP uh, for the troubles. Like you hit on everything. You know, this GMs don't have a hundred percent hit rate. No, so what no. can you do to pull that off? Because now I, everybody's expecting some magic here at the trade you know, deadline. You know, I, don't know. Gonna, I think, I think Kevin, I mean, with the, the pitching is the pitching is any year. I mean, even if you got lights out pitching, you can always add another one. You got to get a left fielder because Marcelo Zuna is such a, I mean, he's such an outlier, like he's such a liability out there for what he, he does is, at yeah. the plate. So I think you go out there and get, and the good part about the Braves is you can get a, 
a quality outfielder that you probably don't have to break the bank for because obviously the team he's coming from is going to pay some of his salary. You're going to have to pay the rest. I think you have – because, Kevin, you know what's going to happen. Hey, everybody want to hit the left field now because Marcel's out there. You're yeah. going to have to get a left field. Well, I mean, I, again, it's going to be interesting to see how they play it, uh, you know, moving forward towards the trade deadline. I think, as you said, you got to find something. And Marcel Ozuna hits home runs. I'm not telling you he's got, got yeah. 18. Yeah. He's got 39 RBIs, tied for fourth. But his on-base percentage is awful. His batting average is awful. His slugging percentage is not very good. So it's like basically you're hitting a home run or you're not giving us a whole lot. Uh, And and to me, that is the boomer bust that can get you into trouble and doesn't provide – it can provide a spark. To me, it doesn't provide the day-to-day value that you need in the regular season. In the postseason, it might be good enough to say, Marcel, if you give us two home runs in a series, we'll take it because that could be the difference in winning and losing. But – I, I'm like you. You can't run him out there to play defense, and it should scare the ever-loving you-know-what <laughs> out of you that he's out there uh, tonight and the Braves don't feel like they have another option to put out there. That's where Adam Duvall going out really, really hurts. we got more to come as we lead you up towards Braves and Phillies. Max Fried looking for win number 11. If he can get it done tonight, we'll get you there. College football right around the corner as well. This is 3 and Out on the Southern Pigskin Radio Network.